Well, girls, it's finally time to go to town and hunt for men. I don't know about you, but all the time I've had to spend staring at the cow's udders makes me want to move right along. You're so right. What the cluck is wrong with me? Staring down chickens for their eggs every morning. I'm ecstatic about getting out of here for the night. Oh no, duck! That stupid bird spitting on my nice clothes. That dog won't delay you again, not after I put in the chic pen. Such a bad bird deserves a willy night. Time to get back in the saddle. Go, horsey, go! Well, I hope there aren't a lot of potbellies tonight. Last time they hogged the bar all to themselves. What pigs? There sure are a lot of dogs here tonight. I'll let the moon all you want, buckos. You're not gonna get it. Ladies, please. I'm a bull looking for action, and I'm staking you out. I think not. This is the highest class establishment around that caters to farm animals. You will not cock it up by acting like a no-account rooster. High class is exactly what we want. This is the RPG Backtrack. Today, Phil fights off sleep deprivation as our panel of guests tackle what is quite possibly the longest list of games we have ever covered in one show. Our RP Gamer staff comes together to show that there are differences between the various iterations of the venerable Harvest Moon series. Put on your overalls, grab a pitchfork, and whistle your dog over. You're farming like never before on today's episode of RPG Backtrack. Backtrack, where we discuss computer console RPGs from way back then right up to yesteryear. It's also the place where we can't pronounce any proper nouns, encourage spoilers, and the host is outside planting lots of seeds. My name is Phil Willis. My good partner, Mr. Mike Beaky, unfortunately can't be with us tonight, but that's okay, because I got a lot of people to help me out tonight on RPG Backtrack number 33, Peaceful Productivity Planting of Produce. And to help me talk about this huge slew of Harvest Moon games that we're going to be talking about tonight, I've got a very diverse panel of guests, starting with the ever-so-famous Sam Marcello. How are you doing tonight, Sam? Hi, Phil. What, what, what is, what's up with this voice, huh? Playing too much Harvest Moon? Playing too much Heavy Rain. <laughs> heavy Rain. Uh, you know, I heard that's a really, is it, is it really good, Sam? It's a lot of fun. Is it? Cool. It's kind of disappointing after you find out who the killer is and then you play it a second time because then it's like, oh, I already know what happens. <laughs> and then you just change the story for other means instead, like trying to kill everybody, <laughs> which Ada failed at a few times. And who is this Ada of whom you speak? Why, she's sitting right next to me. Miss Ada Lovelace, welcome to the RPG Backtrack. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, thank you. And I understand you're a special guest who shut up just to spill out her heart and soul about Harvest Moon. Is this true? Yes. Yes, it is. Mm, hailing from parts unknown. From all over the... Where are you from? Scotland. Scotland. That's awesome, because I love the Scottish accent. That That's that's killer. And coming back for another tourney on the RPG backtrack is Miss Anna Marie Newfeld. How are you doing this evening? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm fine. Awesome. You ready to spend all night talking about Harvest Moon? You know, this is probably going to be, like, the most estrogen-filled backtrack ever. Is it really? 
Yes. Go figure. The backtrack about Harvest Moon is predominantly females. Mm. Well, I think our good friend, Mr. Nathan Schlopathon or something or rather, would have something to say about that. Mr. Nathan, welcome to the show. Uh, hello. Hi. Again, Nathan Slothan. Nathan Slothan. Yes, Remember my name. Sure, whatever. Uh, so you're looking forward to a fun-filled night uh, talking with our host, a uh, cast full of ladies about Harvest Moon? Uh, sure, why not? Now, at the end of the show, do you get to pick one of the four and marry them? Is that how this works? <laughs> that might not be a good idea. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> I'm particularly considering half of us are already married. Picky. I'm not married. <laughs> I have a real husband and a fake husband, so I, I'm full yes, up. that is precisely half, because Ad is not married, and Sam's not married, but me and Becky are. See? I'm sort Just of married. What are you talking about? <laughs> nah, common law doesn't count, or something. Shut up, I'm trying to make a statistic work. Speaking of being married, Miss Becky Cunningham, welcome back to RPG Backtrack. It's a pleasure to hear you. Hello there. You're all ready to talk about a whole bunch of Harvest Moon games and maybe some Backtrack games later? Absolutely. I love Harvest Moon. All right. So let's get this party started. I'm going to put on some sweet tunes from the Harvest Moon series, and we'll be right back in a few moments. talk this evening, but we're going to start off with the game that I believe started all, and, and you ladies, and one man, are the expert in this, so you can certainly correct me anytime I'm wrong with about anything I say tonight, because I'm sure I'm going to make a few mistakes, but I believe the first game was Harvest Moon for the Super Nintendo, published by Natsume uh, on the Super, well, I already said Super Nintendo, released uh, in Japan August 9, 1996, and later on North America in June 1997. Of course, all Harvest Moon games are simulation RPG, single-player experiences for the most part. We'll let you know if any of them are any different. And they are rated K for people my age. <laughs> so... Who wants to who wants to kick off our uh, kick off our, our our journey into the world of Harvest Moon by talking about the game that started it all? Would you like to know my one memory of this game? <laughs> Do we want to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay then. Okay, so I was notorious for my farmer bending over in front of another farmer. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's all I did, and it made me laugh. And then I stopped playing. Then I found out because I couldn't have a gay farmer that the game was no longer interesting. Oh, jeez. How old were you when you played this game? <laughs> 11 or 12. <laughs> Sam, awesome. Sam, that was so deep. I, I, I'm a, I think we all need a moment just to collect our thoughts after that. That was, that was deep. 
What? The farmer needed to bend over to pick up his crops. First of all, let, let me let me set the stage for for any of our for any of our listeners who have had the extreme misfortune of never playing a Harvest Moon game. Harvest Moon games are games where you play a character. Uh, usually, the stories are kind of superficial, but you're going to end up at some point planting a farm uh, and and raising crops and wooing people over, so to speak. Um, it's kind of action-y in the way it feels as far as RPGs are concerned because you physically go out into your farmland, you remove the stumps, you break up the rocks, you pull the weeds, you do all this through just basically pressing the buttons in front of wherever you want the action to occur. And um, I believe... However, it is very important that you do not use the axe on your chickens. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. They don't like that. They don't really. I haven't tried that. That that sounds intriguing. What happens? Uh, sickle too. Don't forget the sickle. Ooh, nice. Anywho, you start. <laughs> you start, and 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 actually, I did. Uh, I did uh, do a little bit of Harvest Moon, the Super Nintendo version, because. Um, after I got married uh, to Shirley, who spent some time in Japan, and I was looking through, um, you know, the, we'll use the E word here, emulation and ROMs and stuff. She saw Harvest Moon and said, "Ooh, download that for me. I used to play that in Japan all the time." So I downloaded it and, and I watched her play it, and I played a little bit of it with her. But uh, you, you're basically planting a farm from scratch. And I, I, at first, in watching her play, I couldn't understand what the appeal of this game is. I mean, it's almost like real work. You're out there, you're you're pressing X a bazillion times to 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 hoe up or whatever the land so, what do you call that when you put... till the soil thank you you till the soil you you got to go and buy the seeds and plant them at first you you kind of plant them a few at a time and later on i guess you upgrade your your water bucket and your hoe and stuff to where you can start doing bigger pieces of land at once and that's where kind of the rpg aspect comes in you actually do sort of in a manner of speaking level up and as you plant bigger crops and you become richer and richer you can buy farm animals and like you mentioned mentioning the chickens and I, I don't remember if cows were part of the original one but you could do cows and stuff yeah they're in the original mm-hmm. and eventually um you would save up a, a, you would have enough spare cash to where you could buy presents for some of the people in town and form relationships with some of the ladies, so there was a dating sim aspect involved. So it kind of had, you know, if you think about people who live in Japan, a lot of them live in the crowded uh, cities and whatnot, so I guess this probably holds appeal for them since they never really get to see farms or ever get to be a part of farms, and in a matter of speaking, this would allow them to go out and play a character in something that they never get to play in before, very much like Americans enjoy playing fantasy games because none of us are going out and casting spells and stuff, as if the Japanese people are. So I don't remember to yourself, Phil. <laughs> I don't know too many. De- I don't remember too many details per se as far as what set the first one apart from all the rest of them. But I, I I do remember spending quite a lot of time planting plants and buying chickens and getting an economy, uh, sort of thing going. Did Did any of y'all get too far in the in this first one? I played it quite no. a bit on the virtual console. And and so tell us about your experience then on the virtual console. Well, all right. The original one's kind of different because it's one of the few games you'll ever see which has absolutely no user interface. They don't have any kind of menu. They don't even have a little display showing what your the tool you have is. It's, there's no, not even a clock at the outside of kind of hitting a button to see a text window pop up. So it's kind of remarkable in that it's a game where, uh, I'm not even sure what to say. Just you grow crops, you helps you sell them. Uh, it's a real big race against time, though. Uh, just time passes really fast in the first Harvest Moon. So, if you don't get your work done really pronto, then just suddenly it's night and you've lost a whole day. And that's a very good point in setting the stage, Nathan. In that, 
and that many of the Harvest Moon games have that in common is that obviously part of the role-playing experience is the feeling of, of uh, the pressure of time. You, you've only got so much time to do things in or so much energy or whatever have you. That's a common theme throughout all the Harvest Moon games. Yeah. Also, I might as well mention like my one fun memory. Well, not okay. This wasn't a fun memory of Virtual Harvest Moon, but it's a very strong memory. Is the sense that the original Harvest Moon it has no menu, so your only way of knowing what the weather of the next gonna be, day is going to be is to check your TV. Mm. If you don't remember to check your TV every day, especially in summer, this can really go back to bite you. Because let's just say I forgot to check the TV on a day when the next day was a hurricane coming in, and. I'll just say my cow wasn't happy with me. <laughs> did you leave the cow outside? Yes, yes, I did. Poor cow. But I love the fact that the cow doesn't get blown away by the hurricane. It just gets sick. And really, really unhappy. You know, and the one thing, uh, you know, I, I, you're right. I, don't, I did remember that part of the fact that it didn't have, a, a like you said, a, a UI or whatever, but... You know, one thing I will say is that when I first saw it for a Super Nintendo game, it really did seem to to stand out. I mean, am I the only one who had the impression that it was kind of ahead of its time? Maybe a little. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty deep. Um, you know, it was pretty deep. You had, like I said, you had the relationships you could balance. You had an economy that you had to get going. And, and certainly lacked some polish, which were integra- which was integrated into future iterations and whatnot. But... Um, you know, but for a Super Nintendo game at the time, I mean, there weren't that many deep, there weren't that many, you know, deep games out there on the Super Nintendo. And, and this was, if you're some, if you're looking for a game in that age that really caused you to think a little bit and, and put some thought into what you were doing, it definitely, even though it doesn't quite, it obviously doesn't look like a typical Final Fantasy or anything like that, it definitely had that RPG feeling behind it. Um, because you're really putting yourself in there and out there working and stuff. How, how, do you remember how, Nathan, do you remember how it, it communicates to you that you're tired and, and whatnot? Because not only did you have to work against time, but didn't you have to work against exhaustion? Yeah, you had to work against exhaustion. It's like, there's no meter for your exhaustion. It's just when you hit a certain low start, the hero just kind of suddenly sits down breathing hard. Then a bit later, he, really fall, he, he kind of falls over. And just, the more tired he gets, suddenly just the more they, they play these animations of him looking tired until he just collapses and falls unconscious until the next day. And what was the what was the penalty for overexhausting your character? Well, the penalty is that you kind of lose a day, you get sick, you're tired, etc. It also means you kind of can't keep working more that day because the original Harvest Moon is different because even though time passes throughout the day quite rapidly, nights last forever. So the only limit to how much work you can do at night is your stamina, which means mm. your stamina is your main limit on how much you can plow the fields and clear the land at night. Mm-hmm. However. Um, it takes more stamina to work at night than during the day. Yep. Mm. And that's been a constant through the whole Harvest Moon series. Now, um, Nathan, one of the things that I read online that I did not personally experience when I played through the game because I didn't stick with it long enough, but it, 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 apparently it's true that you can marry um, in the first iteration. I thought that was pretty surprising. Yeah, there you can marry in the first iteration. I never quite got that far myself, but there's a number of bachelorettes, larger than some later editions. Um, basically, they most of the kind of staple characters you see, as you see versions of in almost every game are all in the original. And, and yeah, she can even get pregnant. <laughs> 
have yeah. babies. <laughs> Raising a family is kind of right there from the very beginning of the entire series. So right from the beginning of the entire series, and, and for some reason, uh, especially when I look over the long list of Harvest Moon games that have been out, and I'm somewhat familiar with their features and stuff, I would think that would you know be something that, oh, they must have added on in the fifth game of the series to where you can get married and have children, because that sounds complicated. But, um, no, it's right from the get-go. Right from the get-go. And so it's nice, kind of the main goal of the game kind of thing, which is, kind of gives you a nice purpose to shoot for in the game, which is what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. What about what about were there were there a lot of festivals in the first one? I know that's one of the staples of the series. Yeah, first one has some festivals. Uh, again, I never played far enough to see all of them, especially since most of them are fall and winter. I didn't really play quite that long. The first game's kind of tough, actually. Um, it's really hard. <laughs> it's not easy to play. Yeah. Uh, I never even was able to get like the girls to marry me. There's like, Sam. yeah, no, my farmer was very lonely. That's why he resorted to bending over and finding other har- <laughs> farmers. <laughs> Poor. I, I make up my own plots for Harvest Moon. <laughs> she really does. It's freaky. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there were definitely there were definitely festivals that you could go to. Um. I I don't remember them myself and whatnot. But looking online, did a little research and whatnot. But there's there's four or five um certain days that there's things going on during in the town and whatnot that you might want to check out with and use that opportunity to dance with the girls and what have you. Anything else you could think of that you want to contribute about this one, Nathan? Before we move to the next one on the series. Um. Build fences. It's like the only game where you really have to, but you need to keep the dogs out of the way of your chickens. That's mainly it. Oh, that's right. You had to build a fence to keep the chickens from running away. Is it right? I, I think I remember building the fence for the chickens. Yeah, build a fence for the chickens, but more to keep dogs out than keep the chickens in. Unless you want to let them outside, where you kind of need to keep them in. And then manageable, so you can pull them in for the rain. I think Harvest Moon 64 also has the whole fences to keep your livestock in, too. Mm. Yeah, a number of them do. Well, let's talk about the Nintendo 64, because according to my notes, that's the next one on our list. Uh, Harvest Moon 64, of course, developed for the Nintendo 64, was developed by Toy Box Studios and Interactive Software, published by Natsume. Um, This is, of course, a Nintendo 64 game released in Japan on February 5th, 1999, and in North America, November 30th, 1999. Um, single player, and it's rated E for everybody, or E except for everybody except for me, because I didn't play this one. So who wants to help me out with I, this one? Um, it, well, it was my first Harvest Moon game. Um, I was visiting Michael. We had some RP Gamer stuff that we had to do. We were goofing around his N64. He just turned off Ogre Battle, and I was looking through his collection, and I was like, hmm, Harvest Moon 64. This sounds kind of fun. Do you mind if I try it out? Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I ended up just loving it, just adoring it. So, when you started playing it, is the story pretty similar to the last one, or does this one have somewhat more of a set? Well, I never played the Super Nintendo one. I've played it now in really small stretches, like I don't own a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the N64 version was really my entrance into it. And I mean, this the story is really basic. Here's your farm. Uh, it sucks. Make it better. <laughs> I mean, that is really the extent of any Harvest Moon story, with the exception of a few later, like, Innocent Life that get a little more in-depth. Mm-hmm. What, what were the elements of, of Harvest Moon 60 more for that you enjoyed the most? Um, honestly, it was my first time playing a Harvest Moon game, so it was sort of the whole experience. Like, um, I really liked the fact that I could upgrade my weaponry 
Or my weaponry. <laughs> my farm tools. <laughs> Sickle of death. Sickle of doom! Um, and, you know, I, I enjoyed going out and harvesting wood. And um, I don't think you could upgrade your house in the Super Nintendo version, but you could start yeah. upgrading your stuff in the N64 version. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, I paid stuff in the original version. Oh, okay, excellent. Yeah, just it was. I'm I'm sure it's a very logical step from the Super Nintendo one to the N64 one, but it was basically my starting point, so I have no point of comparison. I just well, I really liked the experience. I mean, I when you compare really when you compare it to the future ones, I mean, that was what almost that was over ten years ago, and right. I, and I know you've experienced other Harvest Moon games. Do you feel that? For bit, sure. Do you feel that it was ahead of its time? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, it was different. It was so different from anything else that I'd ever played. And, and absolutely. I mean, I had a Nintendo 64, and I mean, when you look at the big games that were out at the time, whether it was GoldenEye or Donkey Kong 64, Mario 64, uh, Super Smash Brothers, you look at the big games that were on that console at the time, which there weren't really that many, Harvest Moon definitely, you know, sticks out. And I had actually bought that for Shirley so that she could play it. And yeah, you're right. There just, there weren't even that many strong RPG experiences um, on the Nintendo 64. Do you, so, uh, Nathan, what about you? I understand this was your first experience with Harvest Moon. Yeah, I played the previous one, but only on the virtual channel until much later. I started with Harvest Moon 64, and that's kind of really why I like the Harvest Moon series. Mm-hmm. So, tell us about, you know, now you, you've grown up playing RPGs. You, you've, you've definitely played, a, a, you know, other games like the Final Fantasy series and whatnot. Yep. What did you experience when you stepped into the Harvest Moon game? Um, something more laid back, I guess. I guess some more sense where you're kind of, I guess, building your own thing rather than just following in a plot, I guess. One of the things when you look at, when you look at games like Final Fantasy and, and Secret of Mana, which was out around that time, they, they definitely had a linear feel to it. But I guess with this game, since you had a farm and you could do it however you wanted, it definitely feel, by comparison, it felt very open-ended, isn't it? Yep. It's so much that sometimes you don't even know that there are objectives you can do and things to chase after. For example, when I played through Harvest Moon 64, I didn't know even know you can make friends with the, the people other than the girls you can marry. So I only when I learned that later, I kind of thought, oh, hey, that's kind of cool. Maybe I could try another playthrough doing that kind of thing. So it's kind of a chance to more of a replay the game different ways to do different things. Now, did y'all, uh, when you were playing with it, did you... One of the things that I remember, uh, or that I read about when I was reading reviews and whatnot, that you could do was was really upgrade your house. Did y'all work on that at all? You really have. Oh to. yeah, for sure. That was one of the things that appealed to me the most. It was like, wow, I can make my farm so much better. The Harvest Moon sixty four is kind of crazy since it's got just the broken greenhouse, which just breaks the game in half. Oh man, I love that greenhouse. So the greenhouse, I remember, didn't allow. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did it not allow you to um, uh, basically grow any crop for any season, even during the winter and stuff? Yeah, correct. it did all of that, and it also, but you, it also did so without time passing. As long as you're in the greenhouse, time didn't pass. Oh, so gigantic field fields of any crops at any season that and it gives you plenty of time to do everything you want later in the day. Nice. Um, and, and when you think about it in a way, this is almost like before The Sims 1 came out, you got a little bit of Sims in there because you're building your house, you're building your crops, but you're basically building your family the way you want to. 
And speaking up, did any of y'all uh, take the time to get married and raise a kid or anything? Oh, yeah. yeah. I married Popery. Uh, and that one, Anne. So, uh, tell me about your experience. Uh, um, maybe I'm mixing it up with a little more of uh, Back to Nature. I, my, I played both of them really close to each other, so... Uh, I'm not sure which one I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure I'm thinking about Back to Nature, though. My memories of the N64 version, just because I didn't play it myself at home, I played it when I was visiting Michael. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have a lot of commentary besides what I've already said. I'll talk more in Back to Nature. Sorry. Mm. How about you, Nathan? Get married, get hitched, have a couple kids? How did that go for you? Um, uh, pretty well, I guess. Or, I don't know what to say. Um... Did you marry the cutest girl in the game? Uh, That's the important thing. I guess so. One of the things that it says um, that it, in my in my research, of course, I try to check some of these things out. One of the things that it says that each each of the girl also has an admirer that the player competes with. If you're friends with the male rival and the girls are below a green heart, they'll eventually marry. So I guess it sounds like it's feasible that you you could actually say I want to marry this girl, but one of her one of your rivals could grab her first. Uh, theoretically, yeah, I didn't have yeah. to befriend anyone. Um, you'll have to remind me. Was it the N sixty four version? Or was it the was it Back to Nature that you could walk in on uh, story events between your rival and a girl? Ooh. I uh, thought it was sixty four. You think that was 64? Okay. I think it was 64. I think so. I didn't see much of that myself, but I guess it's there. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I'm not going crazy. And we have to, we definitely have to, I guess I should have said this from the onset, but we definitely have to ask for some understanding and forgiveness on the part of our fans who listen to the show because we are talking about almost, uh, almost 20 games here tonight. And so, I mean, when you look at you know, when you look at Harvest Moon, I mean, we talk about how Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy has, what, 14 games by now? Harvest Moon has almost 20. <laughs> so it's easy, and, and, and some of the games have very, very similar concepts uh, in common from each other. So we're going to get a couple of our facts mixed up. So definitely feel free to straighten us out on, our, on the boards at rpgamer.com forward slash board, as long as you do it, of course, with some sort of uh, respect and whatnot. But with that being said, yeah, I... I, I I remember seeing that, yeah, you could, at the very least, have issues with the rivals in this particular game. Um, yeah, I just, I just checked on Fogu, and you, there are indeed rival scenes. Oh, nice. So, I mean, there's so much put into this game. I mean, there's just really a wealth of things that you could discover. And, I mean, we talk about the, sometimes every once in a while, you talk about the popularity. of What was that game called? Uh, Animal? It was a uh, big game on the Wii. and Animal, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yeah, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. But really, this game had so much going for it before then. I mean, yeah, really the kind of predecessor to Animal Crossing in many ways. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else about Harvest Moon '64 that you can uh, that you care to share before we move on to the next one? Horse racing was fun. Dog racing was a pain. Dog racing. Let's talk about dog racing for a minute. Who did the dog racing? Well, I technically did, but since I never fed my dog anything, he was always horrible. So yeah. <laughs> If you want to win the dog races, very important, feed the pooch. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. A very important lesson. Um, now, 
you know, between the between uh, or around the the time of the first one and uh, the first one we talked about in Harvest Moon '64, we had a, a number of these guys come out on the Game Boy, and and we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of try to sort of talk about the Game Boy and the Game Boy in Color trilogy of Harvest Moon games together. You had Harvest Moon on the Game Boy. Um, which was released in December 18th, 1997. So it's after the original Harvest Moon on the Super Nintendo. You had Harvest Moon 2 on the Game Boy Color in uh, around uh, September 11th, uh, 2000. And the third one that came on the Game Boy Color, um, not very long after that, November 14th, 2001. So, <laughs> now I absolutely have no experience with the Game Boy 1, so who wants to help me out with these guys? Um, I played each of them, mm-hmm. but I didn't play them to any extent. Uh, basically, what happened is, is I I was doing Q and A columns on the site. Um, off and on, I was I was uh, guest hosting every once in a while when they needed a fill in, and a couple of people had written in, and I I talked about Harvest Moon, and I actually had a. Uh, uh, a reader, actually a reader's mom, emailed me, and and she was in the UK, and the the Game Boy ones hadn't come out there, mm-hmm. and so she said, if I send you the money, will you ship them to me? And I said, yeah, that that's no problem. And so, um, the the local um, microplay had all three of them pre-owned for a really good price, so I wanted to make sure that they all did work. So I played them all for a couple of hours, and then I shipped them off. Mm. And she was very happy to receive them. <laughs> I mean, and 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 from what I've read, one of the things about the 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 first Harvest Moon, the Game Boy version and whatnot, you got to everybody, of course, who's ever played a Game Boy knows that the cartridges were kind of limited in what they did, and and no matter what game you played, they always felt like they were a little boiled down. So in Harvest Moon, the Game Boy edition. Um, I I could be wrong, but I don't believe it had really the dating aspects or anything like that. You really were you were really just focusing on the farm aspect. Does that sound about right to you? I did not play this one. <laughs> I didn't play far enough to comment. I mean, from what from from what I've read, there was I mean, you could definitely plant a whole farm. You had a wide variety of tools. You had the axe, the hoe, the hammer, watering can, all the stuff that you're used to using. You can improve those uh, tools as you can in, in a lot of the Harvest Moon games through repeated uh, use and, and upgrading and whatnot. Um, you also get the fishing rod, which is very useful for fishing, fishing, making some extra money that way, uh, and the pickaxe. But um, uh, aside from that, I don't think you really had the interaction. And, and our audience can correct us. Feel free to post on the boards and tell us if if you really got into this game. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Um, but I believe it, you know it was limited, which was okay because again we're talking about a Game Boy game, and there was only so much they could do on those cartridges back in the time. Yeah, I just our friends at Fogu again, which I am happily looking up since I never played any of these old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Game Boy game, there are no spouses listed. Um, the second one on the Game Boy Color, there weren't any, but you could get married on the third one on the Game Boy Color. Oh, good to know. Good to know. So you have the, the yeah, you had a second one on the Game Boy, um, the 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 Harvest Moon two Game Boy Color. Did did you play that one too? I think it was who who was it that played? Somebody played the first one. Anna Marie. Wasn't that Sam? Anna Marie. Anna Marie. <laughs> Sorry. I did not. Too yeah, many women. Too many ladies. But like I said, I I played like a maximum of about two hours for all of them. I mean, I I can tell you, 
pretty much how they started and the fact that they were a little uh, scaled down and that was about it. Mm. I mean, I played them to make sure they worked. One of the Although, things- it's interesting because I would almost swear that the fishing rod first appeared in the Game Boy game because I don't remember it in the N64. You know, that's a very good point. Well, it was the and if you found it. It's definitely fishing on in 64. It's really good okay. for Game Boy. But I know the, it was fishing it back to nature. But so. the Game Boy came out before the Nintendo 64 version. So I think she's right. I think the fishing might have first appeared in the Game Boy edition. It wasn't in the original, so probably. Yeah, I believe you're right on that one. Um, so I think what Harvest Moon brought to this, uh, brought to uh, the plate there was you had a three-year time span. I don't remember in the original one. Nathan, maybe you do. In the original one, was there a time limit that was kind of imposed on you? Yeah, and both original and 64 both have a like three to two and a half, two and a half to three years time limit. Ah, so uh, yeah, so that the, the the Game Boy, the Harvest Moon Two on the Game Boy Color certainly brings that back. Then um, there's lots of secrets in here. Um, of course, again, you're building a farm. It's about selling your uh, planting crops, selling them to make money. You have to water your plants every day, etc., etc. You're building a farm. You definitely have uh, animals there that you can also raise. Livestock includes the cows, the chickens, and the sheep that we're all kind of used to. Your cows can make milk, your chickens can produce eggs, and your sheep can make wool, all of which can be sold, which is, you know, a lot of fun and whatnot. Um, the uh, I remember one thing about the Game Boy Color one, the second one, is that you can pick it from a dog or a cat. I think of the first one, I can only pick a dog. In fact, I think 64, I can only pick a dog. Is that right? Yeah, dog only in the first two. Yeah. First so, so that's kind of something a little a little bit uh, different. Um, well, here's course- an interesting one about the third one on Game Boy Color is that you can play as a boy or a girl, but they actually have different things that they do. So if you play yeah, as the that girl... Yeah, was, that was the first one that yeah. you could play as, as a different gender. Well, that's a great segue. Let's talk about Harvest Moon Game Game Boy Color, the third one in the series, uh, in that trilogy, I guess, so to speak. I put that in quotes. It's not an official trilogy, but this is Harvest Moon 3 on the Game Boy Color. This one came out really towards the tail end of the Game Boy Color's lifespan, November 14, 2001, here in North America. And you're right. This is the first one that I think, chronologically speaking, that you could play as a boy or a girl. And mm-hmm. it takes place on an island as well, which kind of gave it a little bit of a different flavor. Yeah, and it's cool because the the girl apparently is in charge of taking care of the animals, and the boy is in charge of the crops. Um, and I guess there's some way you can play with one of the other one as a partner. Maybe the other one is automatically sort of your partner um, mm-hmm. if you choose one gender. I'm not sure since I'm just reading the website here. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting because there's none of the other Harvest Moons are like that. If you the ones that do let you choose between boy or girl, they both do the exact same thing. Mm-mm-mm. And and. Speaking of notes and reading online and whatnot, you don't have the normal traditional shops to buy things like your tools and your crops. Uh, every Monday and Thursday, a, th- a ferry uh, is available to take you back to the mainland where all the shops are, are located. Um, I don't believe you see that in any other um, Harvest Moon game. Uh, of course, you're all of course you're trying to raise your crops and your livestock like you are in any other of the Harvest Moon games. Um, but you have the opportunity to marry your partner, have a baby. Um, and whatnot. Like you said, there's differences between the male and female character. Uh, the girl starts out with a free cow and a brush, but cannot upgrade tools, whereas the boy can't. 
and the boy has more stamina than female. Boy, is this just me or does this sound a little prejudice? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the Japanese that, games that, back then were like that. <laughs> I mean, holy cow, he's playing Neverwinter Nights the other day, and I made a new character, and no matter if I picked male or female, they had exactly the same constitution and stamina. What's up with that? So, <laughs> the, uh, and um, also when you marry as a girl, your game can end, but as a boy, the game continues, whatever exactly you know that means. Um, this one gave you more pets. Not only can you pick from the dog and camp, but you also get you could also pick between a pig and a bird. So we would love to hear on the boards if any of y'all picked the pig and a bird. How well that was different from picking the dog and the cat. Um, so go <laughs> figure. Yeah. <laughs> Shoo. Uh, and and so is there any other thoughts any of y'all have on the Harvest Moon Game Boy or Game Boy Color games? I think we're cool. I think we're cool. Mm-mm-mm. Which brings us to another uh, Game Boy Advance game, The Friends of Mineral Town. Um, this was published or developed by Marvelous Interactive Incorporated, of course, published by Natsume. Um, and it was brought to the United States of America November 17, 2003, on the Game Boy Advance. And this was rated E for everybody. Now, this one has a teeny, just a little bit more story. Who's played this one? I have. All right, tell me, tell me about the setup here. Friends of Mineral Town was actually generally known as one of the best Harvest Moon games. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's got a little bit more Wait of a story. We jumped. Yeah. yeah, we did jump. Is there okay. something in between? I don't Are know. we well? Friends of Mineral Town is a remake of Back to Nature. Oh, is We're it? In, yeah. I didn't know because it, it's the first it's one a I ever played. Straight, straight, <laughs> straight up remake. Well, why don't we talk about Back to Nature first? Well, we then? can talk about them together because they're they are identical games. Oh, are they? Okay, that's, <laughs> that's fair enough. Friends, friends of Mineral Town slash Back to Nature. Then <laughs> let's let, that's fair enough. Let me give it the proper introduction. We're talking about Harvest Moon Back to Nature for the PlayStation. This was developed by Victor Interactive Software and uh, on the PlayStation Marvelous Interactive for the PSP. It's published by Natsume. And um, this was released in North America on November twenty second, two thousand. And uh, like every, probably every other Harvest Moon game is rated <laughs> E for everybody, or E for everybody except for me. So, so you're saying that, and this is this is really good. Want talk about Back to Nature, and then we'll segue into Friends of Mineral Town. Well, I mean, we can talk about them at the same time because they they are literally the same game on two different systems. Talk there, there are almost no changes. What I'm most interested about at the moment, tell me about the story. What's the setup for this one? Because um, this the one story brings... is not a whole lot different than the N64 version. It's your grandfather used to take you to the farm over the summer, and you loved it, and it was full of happy and skippy and win. And then he kicked the bucket, and he go back <laughs> to the farm and realize that oh, the old man wasn't really taking care of it. Now it's up to you to take care of it. Um, you do have a three-year period after which the town will judge your fitness as a farmer, and they will either ask you to. Stay as part of the community, or tell you to go away. I mean, is it interesting? Am I the only one who notices that these games are rated E for everybody, and yet most of them begins with somebody dying or being <laughs> dead or something along those lines? Oh, well, this one has issues in it. Like um, one of the one of the characters, you you start to have um, more scenes than just the romance scenes in this one, and one of the female characters is an alcoholic, and there's, so there's there's actually real life issues in this one. Uh, yeah, and there's one who's kind of a little schizo, and there's one who's completely antisocial and eats paper. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the librarian totally eats paper. 
That's okay, amazing. I never saw that Her one. favorite thing to be given is rocks and bushes. That is the way to <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know how you give the different people different gifts, right? And Poopery likes jewelry, and this other girl, the Karen, the one who's a, a drunken sloth, likes flowers, and um, there's someone who likes turnips. I don't remember who that is. And yeah, the girl at the library likes uh, trash, rocks, and weeds. There's often there's often one character who likes trash and weeds and stuff in the Harvest Moon games, <laughs> just for funsies, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. usually pick them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're the idiots. Well, they're easy to romance. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I finally so, made standards on some of the I, uh, ones. So. I, I, I often find that I, I tend to pick the girl who, who simply is closest to me or that I can make a direct route from what they want to where they are. So one point, uh, one playthrough in Back to Nature, I picked Potpourri because I went one screen over and I picked a flower and then I went one screen up and that was Potpourri's farm. And it was like, here's your flower. Now I can go back to doing the important things in my life. <laughs> so, I mean, really, this should be called Grand Theft Farm. And and because, I mean, I mean you, you got people dying. You're picking up, uh, li- uh, you know, ladies on the way who are willing to uh, couple with you for some weed. Yeah, I, I I don't know. There's just this doesn't sound like an e-reading game at the end of the day. Okay. Well, I do I do have to mention that I, I played more Friends of Mineral Town, which lets you play as a girl. Um, so it's the same game basically, but you're playing as a girl instead, and you can romance the doctors. And it has my favorite Harvest Moon Bachelor, who is Cliff, because he's cute and he has floppy hair, and you have to help him get a job, otherwise he leaves town. So. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a really interesting mechanic. Um, the same thing happens in um, Back to Nature, except it's Kai actually. Mm. Um, if you manage to get your friendship high enough, Kai is a guy that shows up in the summer, and he's basically a beach bomb. And if you get your relationship high enough with him, he will actually stick around through the winter. Um, that has no relevance in Back to Nature because you you can't date another guy. But it's just it's interesting to see sort of some of these little hidden things that you can do without realizing it. The game gives you a lot of freedom. That kind of sounds a bit like the Karen plot from Harvestman 64. She'll just leave if she's having the second year if you don't romance her. Yeah, and there's a character in Grand Bazaar that does it too, actually. Amir, if he plays a girl, he'll stay in the winter if you woo him. But if you don't bother with him, he just leaves and goes back to his country. Oh, that sounds exciting. So it's interesting to see how some of the mechanics that started in an earlier Harvest Moon have moved on to different iterations in the series. Mm-hmm. So what did what did y'all enjoy the most about about these two games, Back to Nature and Friends of Mineral Town? There was a lot more focus on the community as opposed to the farming. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I found things were a lot more cheaper and a lot more affordable. So I didn't have to focus on my, okay, I need 120 turnips to afford this. I have to do it before day 16. Yeah, that would be very important. You could make a lot of money from mining in this one. So that was one that's, it's, I think it started the trend of you can, you can kind of pick and specialize and what kind of farmer I you want to be. Back to Nature was the first time that you could get power berries. Mm. So there. Yeah. Was that in the early ones, or? Yeah, that, I think that was in the original N sixty four. Okay. Um, so basically, there are, I think, twenty. Please, someone correct me if I'm wrong. There are twenty power berries that are hidden all around the world, 
and uh, basically what you can do is you can dig them up or uh, mine them out and it increased how much stamina that you had to work throughout the day and it also increased your hardiness um, which was something that may not have been quite as obvious so you could work longer in the rain you could work longer at night mm. That's so that was very cool and it was neat because I think it was also the first time that we had sort of evolving terrain um, could you mine in I don't remember ever mining in the N64 one uh, you can mine only in winter in the 64 right and mm. so they they sort of did the same thing in Back to Nature where there was a mine in the middle of a pond and it only froze during the winter months so winter was the only time you could actually get in there and so that was actually the only way to get some of the really nice jewelry items that the girls really dug. No pun intended. Who eats paper? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently this chick. <laughs> I I've got a question. It's totally off topic, but I keep going back and forth. I'm looking at the screenshots and the the the, the artwork for Back to Nature versus Friends of Mineral Town. And I'm looking at the covers for both games. Both games feature a farmer in the front with some animals around him and whatever have you. They're just in different poses. You're telling me that Friends of Mineral Town, you could only play a lady farmer. Back to Nature was a guy farmer. But they both look exactly the same to me. I keep going back and forth. They both look. Explain this to no, me. No, Phil, Phil, the girl farmer is in more Friends of Mineral Town. The original Friends of Mineral Town than is the boy farmer. Yeah, so Back to Nature and Friends of Mineral Town, identical games. More Friends of Mineral Town, identical game with girl protagonist. More Friends. Confused yet? Okay. Apparently, not only am I confused, but my very reliable source, otherwise known as Wikipedia, is also confused. But that's okay. That's right. The rest of us are looking at Fogu. Yeah, that's. I'm looking at my game bin. Screw you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there was Back to Nature, uh, or I'm sorry, there was Friends of Mineral Town, the Game Boy Advance, but there was more Friends of Mineral Town, which featured a female protagonist. Got it straight now. Okay, there's a test in all of this at the end of the cast. I know there is. I didn't so, study for this test. Yeah, yeah I, I know, this right? This is a test, and you're going to have to test on the difference between Anne and Anne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, sometimes she's a spunky cowgirl, and sometimes she's a raging drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Anne is one of the recurring characters throughout the series. <laughs> Yeah, and it's actually interesting because in she's one of the characters that actually changed between Back to Nature and Friends of Mineral Town. Mm. Because she's the innkeeper, she's the innkeeper's daughter in Friends of Mineral Town, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think she's like the shopkeeper's assistant in Back to Nature. Crazy. She does something different that I remember. I just don't remember what. Anyways, carry on. Let, let's talk about what was y'all's over overall impression of the game. Would you go back and play it? Was it really fun? Um, does it hold up well over the years? What are your thoughts? Um, well, I played it for a long, long, long time. I probably played it like uh, I wouldn't say solid, but ongoing all two thousand one, all two thousand two partly into 2003. It was a long-standing game. It was always in my PlayStation. Wow. Yeah. 
it's definitely one of those that 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 can hold up over time um especially if you only have a handheld like if you don't like to play them on the larger consoles that would it's one that i would recommend playing because um the current generation the ds generation of harvest moon games is a little bit iffy it's really hit or miss and we'll get to that because i've played all of them so this is a good one. If you've got your DS Lite and you can stick a GBA cartridge in it, you know, you can play this game, and it's, it's definitely a quality Harvest Moon one. And I've, and I've always said that one of the reasons to keep – I have a, D, a DS Lite, and I've never upgraded to the DSi or whatever they're called these days because I like the ability to be able to go back and play some of my Game Boy Advance games because there's so many good ones that are out there. So would you say that this is – in the same category as some of the Castlevanias and Super Mario games and whatnot that that are the reasons to hold on to the DS versus upgrading? I have a DSi and I have a two-tone silver black SP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't... Well, SP, I guess, yeah. That's the, that's the backlit one, right? Yeah, it's the little square one. I tried, in fact, I, I had actually tried playing back on one of the really old ones not too long ago on my flight to Indonesia, and I just, I couldn't do it. I don't even know how we played back on those old Game Boy Advances. Yeah, it really falls in comparison. Um, you know, you had to get that right tilt with the pillow sort of half under your elbow, and you sort of craned your neck back a little bit, and you sort of tilted it just a little bit to the right, and oh, there we go, now I've got the right, right light source on it. Okay. So so this, this game is a reason to keep your DS Lite, but not necessarily your GBA. <laughs> your GBA, right. Or your GBA SP, which has the backlight, um, and whatnot. So any other closing... Thoughts. What about, let's talk about um, some of the more advanced skills that maybe this brought, these these two, two or three games brought to the series. Cooking. Mm-hmm. Who wants to talk about cooking? I don't bother with cooking in Harvest Moon. <laughs> I love to cook in Harvest Moon. <laughs> cooking is cooking? good. You can give people presents. Or you can do it like I do, just to like make lots of different kinds of food. Okay, cooking was really fun because you had to – well, first you had to expand out your house to the point that you could actually get the kitchen. And then I believe you had to buy the utensils off of the off of the cooking network, right? Yep. So – and it was great because, of course, you don't have a phone in your house because that would be convenient. So you have to watch <laughs> your TV and you have to figure out what's on sale that day because it's, it's only on sale once a week. You have to run over to the inn, ensuring you get there before they close because they close at like 4 o'clock and they reopen at 8 o'clock. But then it's the bar and you can't use the phone anymore. And you have to order it and then it shows up three days later. Nice. Later, That's Harvest nice. Moons did implement a phone in your house. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, this is, this is still early yet. And uh, even better was this. The recipes were not all necessarily intuitive. Um, like, for example, uh, rice balls that included mushrooms and rice and flour. <laughs> kind of sounds like who you sound like the farmer in Harvest Moon was a, an Amish person. And no phone. You, you didn't. You didn't. And you cooked a rice ball with a frying pan. Nice. Nice. That's new. <laughs> So, and, I mean, a lot of the recipes actually got pretty complicated. Like, I think you had a maximum of eight ingredients, and you couldn't just learn recipes. You couldn't necessarily even read them out of the books, although I think the library had one or two. You had to get friendly enough with the people that you weren't in a romantic relationship with, and they would tell you their favorite recipe. Hmm. That's how you got new food. 
And sometimes I think there was a cooking show on the TV too. Although maybe right, yes, a cooking show. Yeah. Okay, I think I throw in a note that Harvestman sixty four also has the whole recipes in the kitchen thing. But you don't actually have cooking. Like you can learn recipes by befriending people, but you can't actually do anything with them. So it's kind of nice to know they actually improved that with the, some of the remakes and altered versions in latest games. Nice. Hmm. Uh, yep, yep. There's definitely a cooking show. I double checked on Fogu. It's the Dueling Chefs show, and you get a cooking recipe every week from that. Sweet. <laughs> and they also the TV is funny because it's a different show every day. And for instance, in, um, sometimes there's always a variety show. So this um, Friends of Miller, Mineral Town has <laughs> Star Lily Bandit Girl. <laughs> yes. And Mechabot Ultra Autumn Yes, Breeze. that was the Power Rangers knockoff. It was so yes. good. And I had a cliffhanger every week. And he was like, no, I want to see Oh, my goodness, Harvest Moon. Oh, my goodness. So I'm assuming that similar to previous iterations, you could upgrade your your either your house or your farm or anything like that? Yep. So explain, talk to us a little bit about the upgrades and how they helped you. You usually just have to make money, and you can expand your house um, – and I'm probably going kind of general right now because they all start to bleed together. But um, once you expand your house, you can add a kitchen. And um, usually there's like one kitchen expansion where you get like half the tools. And then the other kitchen expansion, you get the more complicated um, cooking things like a, like the oven, which has um, higher level, more complicated recipes. Um, you also, before you can get married, you have to buy a double bed. And you usually have to have a larger house to fit the double bed. Oh. So, although I... I don't think there is ever actually a harvest moon where you're actually shown crawling into bed with your spouse even after you get married. And you know what? This is something that I pointed out to a friend of mine. I was talking to him about harvest moon and I said, you know, potpourri gets up before I leave the bed and I go to sleep before she does. And then she wakes up one day and tells me that she's pregnant. Let me tell you, those freaking gnomes that live on my property, they're so shady. Another red in Harvest Moon 64, but the only one you actually do climb in bed with your spouse. Oh, do you? <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> God, I think there might be one or two where the spouse will actually eventually fall asleep and you can... You can you get into bed, although you're not actually shown getting into bed. The screen just fades to black. But well, mm-hmm. it's hard keeping your E for everybody rating. You know, you <laughs> got to be careful what you show on screen and stuff. <laughs> oh boy! Any other? At clues? least you don't. At least you don't buy two twin beds. You know, it is a double bed. <laughs> <laughs> Any other closing thoughts on the uh, Back to Nature Friends of Mineral Town? games that we're um, well, speaking we, of. We could mention the mines, because the mining system is pretty similar in a lot of them. Um, the mine is, is a special place where <laughs> you basically can go down up to 100 levels, but you have to conserve your stamina. Um, so you use your hoe to um, your hoe. the ground. <laughs> use your hoe. And, and <laughs> your hoe either makes... Um, if you use it enough, you can find stairs that go down, and that's safe. Or... You walk over a cracked piece of ground, and you either fall down further in the mine, or you get a gushing geyser that sends you up in the mine. And your goal is to get as far down in the mine, because there's better minerals and better gems in um, further down in the mine. And a fishing um, hole. And a fishing hole if you get to the very bottom of the mine, which usually ha- is the only place where you can catch some rare fish or another. Um, 
And so there's usually a big reward of some sort, usually a power barrier down there too, or you meet the harvest goddess or all sorts of things happen if you get down to the very bottom of the mine. But you have to manage to do that without running out of stamina from using your hoe too much um, and without um, running out of time because if you take too long in the mine, time is ticking down, then you get exhausted and wake up in the doctor's house if you like take 48 hours in the mine. Um, which uh, and, and usually as you get close to the bottom of the mine, you start getting way more geysers than holes. So you start actually wanting to use your hoe to find the actual safe stairs. So it's, it's quite the challenging little mini game there. Wow. That sounds pretty deep. And the one thing about, about these games is, I mean, when you think about, this was a game that did rather well in the PlayStation as far as critics are concerned or whatnot, because it had so much going for it. As many RPGs, when you compare RPGs to, let's say, first-person shooters or whatnot, you're looking for depth versus graphics or sound or anything like that. This game had a lot of depth, and when they took this PlayStation game, they basically boiled it down to a Game Boy Advance cartridge. You really know you're getting into a lot of different you know, a lot of different things that you can get into uh, with Mineral Town and whatnot. Um, so I mean, it just sounds like they're just listening to y'all. It just sounds like there's so much to explore and so much to do. I mean, how do you choose? I mean, because you, 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 I know you said that – one of y'all said that the time was a little bit looser to where you could feel like you could do more. But it sounds like there's so many different options. Mm-hmm. You, basically, the the cool thing about the Harvest Moon games, most of them, is that you can choose what you like to do best. So um, if you go to a message board and people start talking about what their farm is like in Harvest Moon, some of them have like a gigantic barn with tons of animals, and that's their big thing is raising the animals. Some of them want to make as much money as they can from their crops, so they have like the most optimal crop position to put your crops in. And some of them, like I think the biggest thing I did in Mineral Town was I mined. So some people are really into the mine minigame. And you get money no matter what So um, in order to upgrade your farm. So you kind of choose what your, what your goal is. Um, there's, there's not, in, in this game in, in particular, there's not an end goal that you need to get except for to make everybody happy with you. So that, you do whatever you want. That's a really great point, Becky, because if you're into, uh, you're into simulation type of things, which Harvest Moon is kind of an RPG simulation co- hybrid, um, you know, I I grew up you know around that time. You had Sim City and whatnot, and if you really want to have the optimum experience, you really had to build your city a certain way. There was really one premium way to build your blocks and your cities together. But it sounds like listening to you that there's a number of different ways you could approach it based on your own personal preference, which is, in my opinion, a bit more preferable. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've I've always sort of. Um focused on different things in different Harvest Moons, depending on which one I found was more fun in that particular game. So, hmm. Now, before we move on, let me ask you just real fast, Becky, because it sounds like you're probably familiar with this, and maybe Anna wants to chip in. But do you feel that this was the pinnacle of the series, or do you feel that it got better later on? Um, I think there are games that are just as good or better in different ways than this one. I think this one was one of the better ones for um, getting to know the townspeople. In particular, and it wasn't really eclipsed in that way until the Wii games. Right. I mean, I think the thing that really sticks out on my mind is the PlayStation game basically did everything right and built on all of the things that were really, really cool and fun about the first two games and the Game Boy games. And sort of, you know, it was sort of the... You know, it was the whole, it was the whole thing meshed together so well. 
that that sounds so ambiguous, but it's so you know you can get a game that it's better than in some of the parts. You can get the game where it's like, oh, the music was fantastic and the battle system is complete turds. So this was just really good all around. It was a good solid game. And and you just you just on something I was thinking about. Would you say when you compare it to the older games in the series that this one brought uh, the town experience to a new level? Because in many of the Harvest Moon games. Uh, before it, you could go back to town, you could buy, sell, talk to townspeople, woo the women over and whatnot. Did this one have uh, a deeper town experience? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, because you you got to learn the stories behind the townspeople. They weren't just people that had like five lines. Um, although it could be difficult to do um, without a fact because it was usually on a particular day in a particular year you would go to this one place at this one time and this scene would happen. So you would either get lucky and see some of the scenes or if you wanted to see a lot of the scenes you would probably have to use a fact. So let's compare, let's talk about another game that was that actually released somewhere in between these guys or before these guys. Let's talk about Harvest Moon Save the Homeland. This was a PlayStation 2 game developed by Victor International Software, published by Natsume on the PlayStation 2, on, uh, brought out to North America on November 20, 2001, rated E for everybody. Let's, let's talk about this one for a minute. Who's played this one? I have played its PSP version. I've played a little bit of the PS2 one. Sorry, I missed what the game was. Save the uh, Homeland. Save the oh, Homeland. I've- I didn't play much of this at all, so I'm out. Sorry. But they have a cute doggy on the front, and oh yeah, and you know what? I played about two hours of it because I borrowed it off of a friend, and then I realized very quickly that I wasn't gonna like it because the time limits were so much more intense. Yes, that's the big thing about it. Um, yeah, you only have a much harder time limits. Yeah. The um the thing about Save the Homeland was that you only had two years to raise a certain number a certain number of cash to save your farm. And if you were not successful with that goal, your farm would be bulldozed to make an amusement park. Now now Sam, mm-hmm. I, I, I think you need to paint the entire picture because the story that sets this off is just so original and breathtaking. And I'll read this from, from our good friends at Wikipedia. The player takes on the role of a 21-year-old man whose grandfather, Tony, recently died and left him on a farm. How original is that, Sam? That is so original. Just, wow. Like, wow. I'm There's amazed. There's actually I'm more stunned. to that, though. Okay. Like, the whole plot is that, you know, you get left with this farm after, you know, your grandfather passes away and stuff like that. But there is an amusement company trying to come into the town. They want to bulldoze the town because the town's not generating any revenue. So they think, Mm -hmm. oh, well, we'll just bulldoze the town, build the amusement park, and we'll make a crap load of cash. But the townspeople obviously don't want the the, uh, amusement park. So they think this farmer who's just appeared on the land can save their town by generating all the revenue through farming, trading, um, and all sorts of other activities that you can do in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. So there actually is more of a plot for a change. Wow. Um, Because a lot of how you interact with the townspeople, um, you learn more about what their struggle is within the town and why they don't want the amusement park. I actually quite like this one. (laughs) Well, I like the PSP one that I finished, but... Now, Sam, I need to ask you, just for... I forget what the word is, but just for sense of disclosure with our audience... 
were you one of those people who did the pre-order on certain websites that got you the plushy cow? No, I don't have a plushy cow. Okay. I have four! (laughs) I want a plushy cow and a show plushy cows. I have every single Natsume Harvest Moon plushy that is available right now. Which is amazing. I only have one, which is the horsey. I have a cat. I have many cows. In fact, Cthulhu at the moment is eating a cow. Yay! He went back to beef. You went back to I beef? I have a cow and two sheep and a cat and a dog and a duck and a pig and a horse and a, a chicken with a little chick attached to it. And I can't remember. Oh, and I have a squirrel from the Rune Factory series. Welcome to RPG Backtrack, where we compare our uh, Harvest Moon plushie collection to yours. I uh, I can probably take a picture and post it up once the thread goes up. Yay! I just have a pony. Oh, jeez. Which I got for Grand Bazaar. Um, okay, so we know that we have to we have to save our farm by selling enough to make sure that it doesn't get turned into an amusement park. That would be very bad. I think what's interesting in what you just said, what caught my attention, is that it only has to be done in a year, whereas, it, whereas just listening to y'all talk about the other games and what I've read, it seems like he gave you a three-year window. Was that shift from three years to one year, was that very – did that have a carry a lot of impact to it? It sounds like it would. Oh, yeah. Like, it meant that you had to really compress your time and figure out what you wanted to specialize in. I know when I was playing Hero of Leaf Valley, it was actually – years for Hero of Leaf Valley, but um, I specialized in mining mm-hmm. because it made the most revenue. I also did a lot of trading with the townspeople, because if you do a lot of trading, you can get a lot of neat um, items that you can then pass along and get instant cash for. Um, which, I mean, that was a little bit different compared to some of the other games. The fact that there was a bit of a trading element. Mm-hmm. Mm. But. So, would you say that so you had only a year to do it in. Now, af- after you got through a year, let's uh, assuming that you managed to save um, your farm or whatnot, um, could you carry on? Were there, were, did the game allow you to continue so you could meet other objectives like wooing over your wife and stuff? Well, funny enough, save the homeland, you couldn't get married in it. Because of the really short time limit, there's no uh, way to woo women into marrying them, whereas they actually added that for Hero of Leaf Valley. So when you play Hero of Leaf Valley, you can actually get married. That married Katie. That just sounds very limiting. Well, that was the idea. They wanted you to focus on generating your revenue, whereas in Hero of Leaf Valley, because you got extra time, they gave you the opportunity to go around and pick whoever it is you wanted to marry. And you actually could marry, funny enough, in Hero of Leaf Valley, the woman who's actually planning to bulldoze your town. So, wait a minute. So, uh, Hero Leaf Valley is a PlayStation Portable game that was released much, much later. So, you're saying there's a direct tie-in between these two games. Yes. Um, It's more like a spiritual successor to Save the Homeland. And what they changed was the fact that you could get married. There was a longer time limit for raising the, the revenue. And some of the other mechanics have been, like, upgraded, like the mining and the trading and all that kind of stuff. But the big thing was the fact that you could get married in Hero of Leaf Valley. Because it gave you more time or because it let you carry on after the year? Because you could also carry on after the year. Okay. All right. 
Interesting, interesting. So, did you save your farm in Wonderful? Oh, yeah. I saved the farm, and I also was able to marry Katie when I played it. And she was my favorite. She was the girl who, uh, she runs the cafe with her grandfather, and she can't cook worth a crap. But she's all like, I want to cook really nice for you, and it'll be really great, and I love you and stuff, and my grandfather loves you too, and it's going to be great. So it's like you married into having the grandfather with you. So, so you're so you're talking about the PSP one though, because yeah, in the in the save, you couldn't marry it in the in the save in, the homeland in the save the homeland one. So then, if you were going to pick between the two, you definitely would go for the the PSP one. Oh yeah, the PSP one adds a lot more content, and the fact that you can't get married in the PS2 one's kind of a downer. And we'll Let's talk about we'll, the bachelors are cute. That's why. And we'll talk about Hero of Leaf Valley. Um, in the next uh, next show or the next uh, segment, depending on how we divide this up. Um, overall, I mean, Save the Homeland by itself, did you ever get to play that one just by itself? I played a little bit of it, but I didn't like the fact that, like Anna said, you only got a year. So yeah. it was kind of a turnoff. It just sounds very limiting. And, that, you know, it surprises me. That's why you kind of hear me asking you a lot of questions and kind of I, I feel a little bit divided about it because when I – you know, when I read the critic reviews and whatnot uh, on Save the Homeland, I was kind of keeping up with Harvest Moon Games since my wife was interested in it. They all seem pretty positive about it, but how could you be super positive about it when there's a year limit and you can't marry? I mean, those, as we discussed earlier, be, being able to get married and the dating sim part of it, so to speak, in a matter of speaking, is an essential part of the Harvest Moon experience to start with the first game. Now, you're going to take that away and just focus squarely on the the farm simulation aspects. The positive aspects about Save the Homeland was the fact that even though you couldn't get married, there was a lot of different activities you could do. So you didn't really have to worry too much about it becoming really repetitive because some days you could say, oh, I'm going to go you know, work at the cafe or I'm going to go and I'm going to get some crops or I'm going to go mining this day. So there was a lot of activities to do. And, I mean, Save the Home, or not Save the Homeland, uh, Hero of Leaf Valley even improves on that further, giving you more activities to do, like bug catching and a few others. Mm. But the bug catching was one of my favorites. Mm. Alrighty. Well, let's, um, let's move on to the next couple in our series here. Uh, around that time, we're talking about A Wonderful Life and Another Wonderful Life. These are GameCube and PS2 releases. Uh, um, <laughs> David jumps in, ugh. <laughs> yeah, these are not the best Harvest Moon games. Well, let's, let's talk about it for a minute. So, Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, developed by Victor Interactive Software once again, published by Natsume on the Nintendo GameCube and on the PlayStation 2, released on the GameCube in North America March 16, 2004, and on the PlayStation 2, October 28, 2005. Um, you know, so we're talking a few years, uh, a few years down the the road here. So certainly, this must be a superior Harvest Moon experience, Nathan. And yet, I hear an "ugh" come from you. Yeah, well, there's all kinds of flaws with the Wonderful Life. Um, I guess the biggest problem with the Wonderful Life, just my, one of the things I absolutely hate about it is that there's basically no reason to farm in, a har- in that Harvest Moon game. Oh, now that that would be like saying there's no reason to fight in a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, it's kind of like that. You see, the basic problem with Wonderful Life is that it costs you, say, let's say, 50 coins to buy a seed. You can plant the seed in the ground, of which you can only plant it into one square of your ground and grow one crop out of. 
You spend two weeks watering that seed twice a day, since you have to water it twice a day in that game. And then at the end of this, you get a, a crop which you can't even ship, and which you can sell at the merchant who comes once a week for 55 coins. Making you five coins for two weeks of effort. That's how farming goes in that game. <laughs> wow, a 10% profit for hours of work. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's basically far more efficient to just fish fish out of the sea and you know, out of the river in that game than it is to farm. Right? So there's basically only three things that are actually worthwhile doing in that game. Fishing, archaeology, which is kind of fun but not as interesting as mining in older games, and picking flowers. And that's it. Oh, and while raising livestock. Nice. That sounds horrible. <laughs> hey, yeah. Ada, I understand you played a little bit of these guys? Or was yeah. it Sam? I, I had them for the GameCube. So did you did you experience a similar concern where uh, where you would buy the seeds and you really weren't making much more, you know, once you plant the seeds, you really weren't making that much more money once they were were grown and harvested? I remember spending like many many years of in game years that is trying to buy a seed maker because. That you could combine seeds in that game and make kind of super super crops and all this stuff, but I didn't have patience for that. I decided just to buy cows and milk them, and then another four in-game years passed, and I and I rewarded myself with a cheese maker. It sounds like uh, sounds like one of those Power Rangers cartoons. By our powers combined, we can make super seeds when we combine these two seeds together. But it sounds like you're pretty much echoing Nathan's sentiments where it was always more profitable to invest in other areas other than planting directly. I agree. I actually, I was quite young when I I played this. I, I was probably about 14 or 15. And I didn't read the instruction manual, so I wasn't aware that you could do a lot of things in it, like archaeology. Um, so, other than, <laughs> other than the fact that direct planting didn't earn you a lot of coin, was there any other concerns about the game? Yeah, there's quite a lot. I mean, it's probably the worst romantic <laughs> options of any Harvest Moon game, flat out. Uh, that certainly affects it. it uh, there's basically only three girls to romance in that game. There's the girl who's Muffy from the bar, who's very... she's comes across as very desperate and stalkerish. There's Celia, the farm girl, who's very bland. And there's Nami, who's actually interesting and likable, but really hard to romance. And you have no idea how well you're progressing with her, because she hides her diary up in a room where you can never get into. Well, yeah, that's the old original Harvest Moon thing. You need to read their diary to see how well they feel about you. Before Harvest Moon 64 introduced the better system, then just kind of showing it in their text menu with the heart icon. But well, Wonderful Life goes straight back to the original bad system and makes it annoying. Wow. And I mean, even the original Harvest Moon had at least five girls you could marry. Yep. Well, okay, in the PS2 remake, they added a fourth. It's probably the creepiest possibility because she's a little girl who's originally intended as your as your son's potential wife. Ew. <laughs> okay, that does sound a little creepy. Oh, Harvest Moon. Oh, and there's also one more big complaint I have about the game. So there's like three major complaints about the game. And see, one last big problem about the game is that basically it gives you everything right in the beginning. 
Like, instead of having to work up from a shack in a field of rocks, it gives you a nice big farm, a huge field full of grass, a free cow, just everything right from the get-go. So you don't, there's no sense of building up and building your own farm and working hard for it. It's just given to you straight out. Well, yeah, that's kind of the staple of the series. You're always taking over a farm that has been neglected for years and needs to be tilled. The rocks need to be broken up. So you're basically given a prestigious, you know, it's already clean farm for you. Yeah. And and so you mentioned earlier about when you were talking about the girlfriends at a son or whatever have you. Is this a son that you have by dating a girl or is this yeah, a son? Yeah, Wonderful Life is kind of different in that actually after the first year there's some big time jump where like you get married in the first year then you jump forward in time so you have a kid and then you jump forward in time again so your kid grows up. It's kind of that's the whole get point of the game is to play it across just a large scale of time and, and actually kind of more built on raising that kid. It's just it's really boring and irritating the whole way to, in that process. Wow. Ada, did you get that far in the game to where you experienced these jumps in years? I don't remember this part of the game. Yeah, there definitely seems to be a difference in this game and the other uh, Harvest Moon games and the fact that once you have a son... It seems like he plays an integral part of your uh, of the gameplay experience itself, as Nathan kind of suggested, um, in a creepy way. <laughs> you could actually be dating a, a chick that your son could be interested in later on. Boy, that just creeps me out thinking about it. Hey, it's worse than Rune Factory 2. <laughs> you can I- date a girl who's four years, four to ten years older than you when you're in your second generation. Wow. So, I mean, so it sounds like one of the hooks of A Wonderful Life was that there was these time transitions um, in your family, mostly focusing on your son, as as far as, you know, different different phases he was in. Right, Nathan? Does yeah. that sound about right? That's about true. And um, And so you felt like, Nathan, that they didn't really execute this in a way that was actually enjoyable. No, just simply because just the whole basic gameplay is so boring. It's, it's you really struggle to actually just not get frustrated and throw it away before that first year is out. As I said, farming doesn't it doesn't get you anything, so kind of makes the basic gameplay really bad. Well, Nathan, you said it had a quality system, right? Yeah, it has the system where crops of different ranks, like C, B, A, and the higher the rank of the crop, the more valuable it is. Uh, the big problem with that game is you mostly raise the value by raising, throwing down fertilizer. And the big problem is that fertilizer is generally more more expensive than the added profit you'll get by raising the value of the crops. So you tend to actually lose money if you fertilize crops and raise their rank. It's like because all the uh, the DS ones have the quality system sort of in motion, but uh, Grand Bazaar is the only one that actually does what you're talking about, where you plant the seed one by one, and then each one gets a certain quality number, and then when you try to sell it, it gets you a certain number of profit based on how fresh it is. Yeah. And and it just sounds like, even from listening to y'all's conversation, I mean, one of the things about Harvest Moon is, yes, in a manner of speaking, it's an RPG farm simulation hybrid. And so there's going to be, definitely, in order to enjoy the game, there's going to be a certain... um, business aspect where you buy something, you plant it, you do some hard work and you expect something in return. But when you have to think to that level that you just described, it's like, is it just me or does it sound like it's getting, it sounds like the game's starting to get overly complicated? Yeah, Definitely. I'm not even getting into the whole 
thing they add a certain amount of realism that cows only provide milk for a certain amount of days after they give birth and such, which gets a little finicky and such. I I mean, I certainly expect and I certainly desire uh, a building aspect where first I start to uh, plant plants, I eventually earn enough profit to buy one cow or two cows or a couple of chickens, and they start laying eggs or or producing milk or whatever have you. So I can start affording sheep and other animals. I expect a pyramid scheme type of deal. But what you were just describing with the fertilizer and everything else, just to make an extra 20%, that sounds a little over the top. Yeah, it really is. Whew. So, anything else that y'all want to add to the discussion as far as Wonderful Life or Another Wonderful Life on the GameCube and PS2? Well, it was quite exciting when... What you could do is you could just ride your horse around. And that was exciting. You could just ride around in the town. and That was the part I enjoyed most because, if I remember, the farmer walked very, very slowly... <laughs> there you go. So before we had, uh, what was it? Uh, the Zelda that let you ride a horse, um, Ocarina okay, of Time. Fine. Yeah. So before Ocarina of Time, you had Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, which let you ride a horse to get from point A to point B much faster. Well, actually, that's in the original Harvest Moon, and most every other one actually. But... They let you ride the horses. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only point of the horse. It doesn't make any farm products because it's oh, a horse. Oh. This is a shipping bin in the original in 64, but it's a better point to also run it right around. I should have bought it. Yeah, you could give it saddlebags, and then you just leave it in the field near to where you're farming, and you just stuck your harvest in there instead of in the bin. I should have bought a horse. Holy my, husband's, my husband says from the couch across the room, wait, the horse doesn't make fertilizer for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. Holy cow. Yeah, my, my husband my husband is my Harvest Moon heckler. He likes to heckle me when I play. Wow. I think we all have those. Well, well this actually might end up skewing, but um, I, I used to have my significant others make fun of me a lot until I started playing Magical Melody. I think we pegged this one as the crappy one to avoid. The only reason I had a good time with it was because I'm very easily entertained. By a horsey. Yeah. By horsey, and that's what did it for you. So, after after this podcast is done, I will be shipping you a copy of Ocarina of Time, and you can ride a horsey till the cows come home. I mean, not literally, but okay. Till <laughs> so uh, the come home. Till the moomoos come home. <laughs> well, thank you all so very much for helping us out with the first half of Harvest Moon games. Um, we still have a, about another eight or nine games to talk about, or ten or twelve or whatever. I lost count after a while. Uh, so we're going to definitely be back to talk about those guys. In the meantime, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back after this musical selection.
and welcome back to RPG Backtrack. We're talking about another slew of Harvest Moon games, and I have my panel of guests with us tonight. We have Sam, Anna Marie, Ada, and Becky with us. How y'all doing tonight? Good. Pretty good. The ladies are taking over RPG Backtrack. Fear yes, that. <laughs> we have lost Nathan because he was scared off by a wonderful life and hasn't played Harvest Moon since. Was it really a wonderful life and scared Nathan off? Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. We'll see if he comes back later on. But we need to get we need to get this party started. We're going to start with the Harvest Moon Magical Melody for the GameCube. It also came out for the Wii. And I believe you all have played this before. So let me um, yes. set the stage for you. Um, Harvest Moon Magic Melody was was developed by Marvelous Interactive, published, of course, by Natsume, and a whole host of other names on here I'm not going to list, designed by Yashuhiro Wada, and released on the GameCube in North America in March uh, 28, 2006, and on the Wii, March 14, 2008, and this is uh, rated, um, rated E for everybody. So, I'm really interested to hear what y'all have to say about this, because this was released on the GameCube, and then later brought out for the Wii. Was it worth it? Wee! Wee! Now, this... I I had basically um, gotten a little disenchanted, because I had been playing sort of some of the remakes, and it was sort of like, yeah, this is cool, but I feel like I was doing the same thing over and over again. And then Magical Melody came out, and it was awesome! So, um, the story is really cheesy, and it's actually kind of dumb, because um, <laughs> the witch makes fun of the the harvest, uh, what, what's her name? Uh, the harvest goddess, goddess, like, makes fun of her hair or something, and she goes away, and she cries, and she locks herself into her fountain. Yep. And so, in order to get her to come out, you have to find the magical melody that will release her from her self-imprisonment. Now, you're confusing me just a little bit. Harvest Moon has always been about a farm is decrepit, it needs your help, and you need to build it up from scratch. Now right, you're talking about that's there too. That's there too. Like, I mean, you've come to sort of, I believe it's a, a valley that you play this in? Yes. And you come to the valley, and you are coming here to help out on this farm. It's been abandoned. Uh, the harvest sprites have, have begged you to come and, and take care of it. And then this whole shindig goes down with the witch and the, the goddess, and she locks herself into her statue and is QQing and won't come out. So the harvest sprites beg you to, to find the magical melody that, that will bring her out of her, her statue once again. Because they this love is her. Sort of, they this is sort of the the first game that's really highlighted some of the minor characters in the series, um, that right. being the the mythological characters of the the harvest goddess and the harvest sprites. Who in I think in um, Friends of Mineral Town, the harvest sprites you could play games with them. And they would help you with your farm, unless yep. I'm mixing it up with something else. Okay, nope, good. Nope. That's that's where the harvest moon sprites really started. That was the whole joke where Potpourri doesn't go to bed to me, bed with me, but she's pregnant. The darn harvest yeah. sprites. Um, yeah, yeah. You could do in previous titles is you could actually uh, pay the 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 Harvest Moon sprites to work on your farm, and uh, they became more experienced in a job the more times they did it. And on top of that, the more they liked you, the more proficient they were at their job. So uh, you you can start out the game as either a boy or a girl. Um, 
and you actually get to choose your farm. And I think this is basically the only game you actually get to choose where your farm is. Like, I can't think okay. of any of the other ones that let you. The Wii games let you do that, too, at least Wii, one of the okay. best. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really played them, unfortunately. Well, maybe um, this is the first game. Would you all, would you ladies say this is the first game that allows you to choose which farm? Yes, this is definitely the first one. And what's, so, what's, the, what is the strategic or the role-playing importance of being able to pick your farm? Um... It's uh, personal choice, basically. It part of it is is uh, how easy the game wants to be. So you can choose a lot that is large, but is uh, much more difficult to farm. It's generally infertile. You can choose a much smaller lot that is also very well placed within the community. So it's closer to your amenities, closer to the people, um, and it's much smaller, but it's very fertile. And the third one, obviously, is sort of between the two. It's a very average size. It's got very average fertility. So if you're a big animal person and you don't really want to, you know, do the minutiae of how many turnips am I going to have in Z number of days and Y number of profits, if you don't really dig that side of the harvest moon, you can pick the big lot and slap down some, some sheep and some cows and go to town. Hmm. Which one did you pick? I actually pick the average lot because I tend to have a variety. Like, I, I don't mind farming, but I don't want to do it in vast quantities. Um, I like animal caretaking, but I find if it's all I'm doing, it gets really tedious. So I, I picked the middle lot because I found that it suited my play style the best. Um, Ian actually picked the small fertile lot, and what he ended up doing is he uh, grafted out on graph paper. Wow. Because of his lot and what crops he could put in there. Um, because when you upgrade your watering can, what you end up doing is you end up doing like a, a whooshing all around you. Mm-hmm. So he actually laid it out perfectly on his uh, on his little plot that he could go into the middle of what, where he had planted everything, and he would whoosh around once, and that would water basically everything. <laughs> and he'd have to spot. <laughs> so he did it all in one action. I have the average farm, but after you make a whole bunch of money, you can also buy some of the other plots. So I ended up with the average plot where I had my farm and then a really big plot where I put my barn and my farm animals. So I actually waited quite a while in this game before I put a, before I owned farm animals. Yeah. So you can actually own two or three plots? You can own a bunch of stuff. Um, the interesting uh, thing that I really liked is there was a dolphin. And I made nice, nice with the dolphin. And the dolphin took me out to a cool island that I could fish at. So if I didn't oh, yeah. feel hunting for a particular season, I just rode the dolphin out and I went fishing every day, and that was actually how I made my profit. What about you, Becky? Actually, I'm going to pass the torch to Sam, who just raised her hand. What about you, Sam? I love this one. I really do. Um, mostly because of the fact that there was so much variety. I, I also did the average plot, and then I I've continued to farm, and then I made some money, and I bought, I think it was the large plot, just so I could stick all my animals there. Uh-huh. So it was like, I, I had a little animal factory. I just walk up and get my milk and everything. I also kind of kept flirting with the doctor. He wouldn't marry me, though. He wouldn't marry you? Oh, I married the doctor. I wanted to marry the doctor, but for some reason he probably thought my girl was too weird. Her name was Squishy. 
<laughs> it was Squishy on the fishy farm with her dog Smelly. Nice. I, I, uh, mine's named, actually, I think mine was named Becky. <laughs> I, was I, uh, I picked a, a male character because I wanted to try to uh, pick up the witch. Were um, you successful? Yes. <laughs> and what did the witch do? Nothing. What? She wasn't that exciting? No. It was all that effort for nothing. That's depressing. Uh, apparently, you can also pick up the the actual harvest goddess as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah but that's that in a few really games. hard. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to wait until you collect enough notes to unlock her. So um, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. In the game, there's a hundred and twenty notes. Or yes, a hundred. that. Yeah, hundred and twenty notes, and you need sixty to unlock the goddess. Yeah, yes. sixty like or eighty. Sixty. Sixty. Yeah, and so notes are acquired by doing the things you would typically do in a Harvest Moon. And even some of the things that you typically wouldn't do in a Harvest Moon game may end up netting you a note. So, for example, passing out nets you a note. Staying up until 5.50 in the morning, which is when your clock rolls over, actually gets you a note. Um, Chopping down a certain amount of trees gets you a note. Planting a certain amount of crops gets you a note. It almost sounds like Super Mario Galaxy meets achievements. This game I don't was know where the you Chivo got the Super game. Mario Galaxy from. <laughs> well, because in Super Mario Galaxy, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's 120 stars you can collect total, but you, oh, need, okay. to, you need to collect at least 60 to beat the game. Got it. I gotcha. They stole that from Harvest Moon. You may have had to get all 120 to marry the Harvest Goddess. I'm not sure, because I never tried. Because for one thing, I was a girl. And for another thing, I don't have that much patience. (laughs) I don't either. Um, The only thing that kind of um, cheesed me about the game is I really liked the music in Back to Nature. And I didn't mind it in the N64 version. I found that there was enough variety to keep me entertained. But I don't know, like, the the sound effects in Magical Melody, I remember being kind of poop. And I remember being frustrated because it, it, it was like it was scratchy. It was just a really poor quality audio. Hmm. I don't remember that, but I don't always pay a lot of attention to the music. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of one of those people that music is so hard for me to, to score in a review because I either love I either love it or I'm ambivalent about it and it's I don't there isn't that often that I just go oh I want to turn the volume down on this mute 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 but yeah this game was just like news fest the music was really bad in Magical Melody like it was supposed to be kind of ironic well the thing is it was supposed to be you know a game that focuses on music i was about to say yes the fact that you would want to turn the music down or off is not a good sign for a game that's centered around music yeah i think the 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 thing that um eventually i don't i i got to the point where i married someone but i think i stopped playing soon after it got a little bit um my biggest thing in all these games is the social interactions and it got kind of um monotonous after a while because for every heart level you grew somebody they had a new phrase they would say but that was the only thing they'd say so they'd say the exact same thing to you every day as you walked up to them until you got a new heart level and so every character only had like nine phrases or something and so that got a little bit monotonous especially after i got married and my husband said the same damn thing to me every day i was like okay that's enough. you go in a corner <laughs> yeah exactly 
every day he's like, I love you. I'm like, that's nice. It's like, I love you too. Go do your job, please. Well, as most people know me, I make up my own Harvest Moon plots because I think the plots are pretty stupid. Um, Squishy never got a lot of friends. She she kind of failed a lot at making friendships. Like, she would try to give the fisherman, you know, a couple fish, and he'd be like, I don't like that fish. So Squishy would try, have to try harder. It's like, well, which fish does he like? And then finally I just got fed up with it. I was like, they don't like my gifts. I hate this game. <laughs> Stop poor playing. little girl. <laughs> I know. See, I actually had a competition. I was I was trying to decide between Ray the Fisherman and Alex the Doctor. I make I make the men work in my Harvest Moon games and work for my affections. So eventually, I chose the Doctor because the Fisherman guy. I think he liked fish a little more than he liked me. So I chose yeah. the Doctor because he cared. The Doctor was, I think, getting sick of seeing my face every day because <laughs> I kept fainting <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> I'm like, oh hey, Doctor Man, and he'd be like. Hi. Squishy would be like, okay, I'm coming back tomorrow. I'd yeah, I, I'm pretty sure faint. that's why he wouldn't marry you, because his affection goes down if you faint too much, because you're not taking care of yourself. See, I make my own plot. <laughs> so, let's bring the focus in a little bit more. How is the farming and the raising animal aspect of this <laughs> game versus the previous ones you played in this series? Did you find them as enjoyable? I, from what you were saying in the last uh, last time, was that there were a lot of issues with the fact that when you planted the the seeds and the plants and whatnot, and when the vegetables were raised, you really weren't raised. You really weren't making much of a profit. Is that the case here? Did you feel that there was still uh, that you feel satisfied with the farming and the raising of the the animals aspect of the game? You know, it's yeah. funny. I don't remember a lot about that aspect of the game. I remember everything else. <laughs> it's pretty typical. I'd say this is middle-of-the-ground farming for Harvest Moon. Um, there's three levels of soil, and so you can make more money from your crops um, by raising the soil. But um, I actually have the, the shipping price list here on Fogu up. So, for instance, you buy turnip seeds for 20 gold each, and the least you can make, like in the sandy soil, is 63 gold for a turnip. So you make a reasonable profit from these crops. Okay. and Right, I found, like, the, the farming system was there, and it was integral to what you needed to do. But it didn't it wasn't worse than any of the previous iterations. It wasn't better because it was superfluous. Yeah. And that feels weird coming out of a Harvest Moon game, but it was really true. And I, I think it's really the only Harvest Moon that I really found that farming is sort of superfluous. Yeah, it was more about just doing a lot of different things, I think. This yeah. is one of the games where, where you just want to do a lot of different things because that's how you get your notes. It was different because it was a Harvest Moon game that you didn't really care about the farming. You had so many other things that you could and should be doing. Really, really nice balance. Did it did it tell you what you had to do to earn these 120 notes somewhere? And Some of them were pretty much verbatim what you had to do. Some of them you had to guess a little. Yep, there was a description. There's like a little menu page where it shows how many stars you have. And there were descriptions for each of them. And some of them were really obvious and some of them were more like hints. Right. Because, I mean, one of them would be pulling turnips. 
Well, duh, I'm pretty sure I can figure out what that one is. And there was, I think one was called, like, Party Hardy or something like that. And that was stay up until 5.50 in the morning. I actually, like, kept playing the game after I got the 60 and I got all 100. Nice. I had to have Grant help me with a couple of them. Wow. <laughs> so what but about... I got them all... What about the interaction part of this game as far as dealing with the townspeople and the relationships with the members of the opposite sex? Um, well, that was part of getting a note. I mean, getting married was a note. Making friends so, was a note. Making new friends was a note. Making a baby. So, I mean, all of, yeah, having a baby was a note. <laughs> you know, all, of these, all of these things that you could do but didn't have any particularly direction to do so in the previous games, now you had a motivation because, hey, you could get a note. I was also going to say, in some cases of the notes, I mean, if you got through halfway some, through someone's heart cycle, you would get a note. And then if you finished it, you'd get a note. So you had more of an incentive that you had to talk to everybody if you wanted to get a note. Because guaranteed you were getting at least two from them. Hmm. It sounds... Sounds like this was more enjoyable than just... Sounds farming. like y'all had a lot of fun than just farming and just seeing what you could do on your own. I mean, because these kind of... I mean, when you look at the previous Harvest Moons, it isn't like any of the... And correct me if I'm wrong, but from what i played and what I've read, it doesn't seem like any of the previous Harvest Moons say, here's an objective. I mean, aside from saving the farm. Saving the farm was always a primary objective. But none of them came along and said, make sure you have kids and get married and da-da-da-da. Right. I mean, all of the previous games were very open-ended. Yeah, kind of like and, an open sandbox. Right. This game came along and said, well, we're going to give you all of those things that you really have liked to do in the in the previous games. And we're going to give you a reward for doing them on top of yeah. that. So nothing, still nothing is completely mandatory. So you can skip things because you only need to get 60 out of 100 some notes so if you really don't like a certain activity you can probably skip it um but it just gives you a little bit more as i said it's a little more goal oriented which is nice for for people like me that are more sort of traditional rpgers that kind of like having that goal hmm. so very open sandbox very open-ended it sounds pretty fun i mean it sounds it's it's my you know out of the all the harvest moons that i've played it's my second favorite. Would you say that your favorite is Innocent Life? Why, Phil, how did you know? <laughs> because I need a segue. Innocent Life was is a PSP uh, release developed by Arte Piazza. And it's um, it was released in North America on May 15, 2007 for the PSP. And, of course, it was rated E for everybody. So, I mean, the first thing that strikes me when I was looking and doing a little research in Innocent Life is it looks... I mean, just looking at the screen or the, the box art, it looks totally different than any other Harvest Moon. Right. Well, the first thing that you may want to point out is the actual title is called Innocent Life, a Futuristic Harvest Moon. Mm -hmm. So that sort of sets the tone for how the the, gay, the game works in, in general. Okay. So, so this, this was sort of a spin-off. It was sort of a one-off. It was the first PlayStation portable game that was available in the Harvest Moon series. And I, I was sort of iffy going into it because... Um, uh, 
it it had a completely different lore than than all of the other Harvest Moon games. Um, so you have a fire spirit. You, you are you live on an island, mm-hmm. and um, on the island is a small village and a, and a bunch of, of ruins. Um, so underneath the island lives the fire spirit, and he he's getting more and more angry as time goes by and if he gets angry enough the island will turn into a volcano and explode and it will kill everybody on it so it is very important that the 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 fire spirit be uh placated <laughs> made happy yeah it's it's very important so um there's uh you you wake up and your father is there and he, he tells you that you are a robot that has been built to farm in these ruins because they're cursed and contaminated. Um, the human population actually can't go there. And so um, he equips you with your usual uh, hammer, hoe, watering can, axe, scythe. And um, you you basically have a one-week tutorial, which is a lot different than the previous Harvest Moon games. They've never had a tutorial up until now. And then it lets you sort of go your own way. Um, the thing that it does really, really, really well is that it gives you really good motivation for exploration. Because number one, you're a robot. You have to go home to your father once a week for maintenance. And every time you go home... Um, well, I mean, the village is right next door. You might as well stop by and talk to people. It it does encourage you to get out off of your form almost every day and go talk with people because you can get random scenes almost any time. And plus, you get at least one guaranteed story scene on Sundays every week because you're going in for your maintenance. Hmm. So it's neat because it feels like a Harvest Moon game, but it feels so futuristic, too, because... And it's funny because it's like the little details, like um, in all the other Harvest Moon games, it's very rustic, right? But this has um, very futuristic looking locks on some of the fields. So there's actually a golden border around it where you can insert power stones. And you go around exploring and find the power stones. You set four into the edges of a field and that actually lifts the curse and makes, it makes a fire spirit happy. Because the, the the power stones are offerings to him, and uh, it's neat because uh, there's things like um, there's lifts up and down the tower that you um, are farming in, because that was a, a farming tower before it got contaminated. You walk in town, everybody has little futuristic parts on their houses and futuristic vehicles. And you walk into the school, and it's all computerized. There's no desks or anything. It's just all computers and stuff. Wow. Yeah, definitely a different departure from the other games because they're always put on a farm that looks like you come out of 1922. And uh, they've also standardized their calendar. So every season is five weeks. So 7, 14, 21, and 28 are Sundays. Uh-huh. And then the first is the Monday and rolls over. Hmm. Do you feel yeah, I that... I think they're all like that, actually. Nope. No, because most of the games, I think the week, the months are are four or five weeks long, and it's always the, yeah, four weeks long. But it's always the first of the month is a one. Well, yeah, obviously. Sorry, I'm, I'm not saying, but I'm saying that that 
I don't know if the Sunday is always the same day, but it's always like one, two, three, five, six, seven. Right. Like, right, right, I mean? right, right. But I mean, the way that it works in the previous games is, um, I don't think the first is always on the same day of the week. Is it? Uh, I think it would have month. to be if there's four weeks of seven days. No, I think it might actually be 30 days a season in some of the earlier it's games. It's 30. Oh, is it yeah. 30? Okay, never mind. So that, Most of them are so 30. That first day of the week changes from month to month. That was something that was definitely different. Okay. It's interesting because I I always read not-so-great reviews for this game. A lot of people don't seem to like it. So what, what do you find likable about it? Um, It's Harvest Moon. And it's all the things that I like about Harvest Moon, but it's got a much more sophisticated story. It's got a lot mm. more... It's like Magical Melody, where you have so much motivation to get out of your farm and do thing, do a lot of exploration. Um, the, the dialogue wasn't that awesome. Um, they basically, they would say the same thing uh, 30 days out of the month, and then five days, not even necessarily the Sundays, they would have something different that they might say. So mm. that part was kind of no, but um, this the story in general flowed really nicely. Um, I believe it's only one year long. Mm. Ah. So the you do move through it a little more quickly, and the fact that it is a uh, a, a limited time period um, makes the storyline pacing so much better. Having that guaranteed at least once a week storyline segment really helps the flow of the game. Because that was sort of my problem with, with Back to Nature, uh, Friends of Mineral Town, is there's a story somewhere in there, but uh, good luck finding it. Do you, is there a more storyline to this particular entry in the Harvest Moon series? Yeah, there's a lot more story. Um, it goes into... It goes into sort of a lot of heavy life questions, like what is life? Because, I mean, obviously you have this robot who's in a place that's cursed for humans and he's uh, developing feelings and stuff and he's rescuing them from the fire spirit and sort of, it. I'm, I'm just, Harvest Moon has always been so light on the story up until Magical Melody. It was so nice to see them sort of tackle real issues. You know, it was a very pointed look at humanity. And I really liked that. Mm. Cool. And I think that's, you know, listening to you talk and what I read in some of the other reviews, I think that's something that they missed. They were too busy, and some of the more critical reviews, they were too busy uh, comparing it with the other Harvest Moon games as far as the simulation aspects are concerned, but they totally forgot to look at the role-playing aspect and the story. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's nice because some of the things you see in Innocent Life are completely different than what you see in the different game. In in, in previous games, and even uh, games since, uh, maybe these have been implemented into the Wii games because I haven't played them much. But, for example, there's a, a system called the Bass and Ket. So, Bass Ket. And what you can do is you can set tracks that go around your fields and you hit the button and the basket goes around and any time it passes by a crop that is ready to harvest it picks it up and puts it into the basket and then at the end you can just pick up the basket and harvest it so that was really cool it was a great time saving once you had it set up it was just phenomenal time saver you also got to have a buggy and you got to ride around in your buggy so that was very fun 
Yeah, it was just, and you know what's funny That's is so I think weird. a lot of some of the critical reviews missed kind of the little details. Like, um, I, I was really impressed with how much animation were in the individual characters. Um, particularly considering the fact that the main character was a robot. When he drove in the buggy and you drove really fast, his air blew in the wind. It was little things like that that really made me dig the game. I think I'm in the minority in that one, but definitely my favorite one. But it sounds very interesting. It's, it's got a very Frankensteinian vibe about it, which I'm really digging. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out at some point. Well, it sounds very interesting because I remember reading the reviews on this and they weren't entirely positive, but I'm beginning to wonder, just listening to uh, Anna and whatnot, if they weren't maybe a little bit too focused um, on some of the more uh, simulation aspects and not focused enough on the RPG, you know, RPG of the story aspects. I find it sort of impressive that this one actually has such a, a fully fleshed out story considering... A lot of the other Harvest Moon games didn't. I think that kind of helps, though, from the fact that, you know, they're giving you a chance to play as a robot. Like, just from what Anna said, I know I definitely want to go pick it up on the PlayStation Network, because it's also, like, ten bucks. And just give it a whirl. It just, it sounds like a blast. And I also like that it has pacing, which most Harvest Moon games don't have. For people who don't have a PSP like Ada, you can just go get a PS2 copy, and it should work just fine. And apparently Ada. it's got something special, too. Like, it's a limited edition. Ada. You get a toy? Uh, Becky is the one that really likes uh, dealing with the animals, right? The, oh, me? No, actually. I don't usually do a lot with the farm animals. No, who was the one that said they liked all the animals? I only like the horsey, and it's a wonderful life. <laughs> okay. Um... Going with the future theme, um, when you go into your barns and stuff, um, all of the maintenance, uh, all of the, um, not, not the maintenance, but all of the gathering of the materials is automated. So you go inside of your cow barn and they're being milked and there's a conveyor belt behind that the milk bottles or the cheese are on, depending on what you've decided to produce. And you can actually pull them off the belt and give them to people as presents or you can just let them go by and they'll go into the harvest bin. That's amazing. Yep. It's very cool. It just, it's streamlines all the farming aspects. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, you have to build up to this point, but it does streamline all of the stuff considerably. Hmm. And there are quests. Quests. And dungeon exploration, although there's no enemies to defeat. We'll try to stay away from that, lest we end up giving everybody a preview to the Rune Factory DS podcast that we'll have sometime in the hopefully not too far future. Hopefully. It does sound like it sort of segued into Rune Factory, though. Mm, oh, yeah. You know, it, it does. Did. Yep, it, it does. It does. However, instead, we're going to have to pretend it segued into Harvest Moon DS and DSQ. Ha <laughs> ha! Notice that. That's a ninja segue there. Harvest Moon DS, developed by Marvelous Interactive, published, of course, by Natsume. Uh, this was released on the Nintendo DS in North America in September 12, 2006. This is, of course, rated E for everybody. And this kind of ties in also with DSQ. And I'm hoping that y'all can explain to me what is the difference between Harvest Moon DS and Harvest Moon DS Cute. Well, that's really easy, Phil. 
What is it, Sam? Harvest Moon DS Cute lets you play as a girl, and it fixes all the UI issues from Harvest Moon DS. Oh, that is cute! Also, Harvest Moon DS is the most buggiest piece of crap you'll ever play. No, yeah. get out. A DS game that's buggy, that, that's an oxymoron. No, this one had a lot of like problems with creating recipes, um, actual farming abilities were glitched. There was a lot of a lot of problems with this game. And looking at the scores, I see everything from a 60% to a 92%. I can't help but wonder if somehow some of the reviewers confused DS with DS Cute. Um, so how much did Cute improve on the original Harvest Moon DS? Was it a huge improvement? Well, from what I understand, it was, um, like, they fixed a lot of the menu issues and stuff in Cute. Some of the uh, farming glitches were fixed, but then new glitches were created. They're, they're kind of complicated games to talk about because they're full of glitches, and even though Cute tried to fix a lot of them, um, it didn't really add too much to the adding of new glitches. So, there was a lot. Mm. Like, like, I'm... I want to go back and play these, but at the same time I'm very weary of dealing with these glitchy messes. <laughs> Ah, so none of us have actually played them. No. I've just <laughs> been going off of what my poor friend was telling me because she loves Harvest Moon. It's not Ada here, but it's a different friend. Um, and she was just telling me, she goes, I can't, like, get past a certain point in the game. Like, she got a marriage glitch in the DS version. Wow. So she couldn't That's... even get married, and she was really bitter about it. Um, just said the stage, uh, the Harvest Moon DS takes place in the quote-unquote forget-me-not valley uh, theoretically a hundred years after the events of uh, Friends of Mineral Town or more Friends of Mineral Town. Um, the characters in Harvest Moon DS, I mean, one of the things that makes it stick out is that they are descendants of the ones featured in uh, Another Life and more Friends of Mineral Town, which probably isn't a good thing. Um... <laughs> Um, Harvest uh, Moon DS is a life simulation game which takes place in a farming village um, and the main storyline mirrors that of another wonderful life and, and magic melody though obviously as, as Sam just mentioned due to the bugs and the concerns and the issue the gameplay doesn't quite live up to its predecessor standards nope. right? not one bit that's no. why I never bought it <laughs> so Harvest Moon DS Cute, as you mentioned before, allows you to play a, a female a protagonist in this game and whatnot. And according to a lot of the critics, as you indicated before, they kind of addressed some of the issues with the original one, but unfortunately there were some other issues introduced as a result. So there aren't a ton of people who played this. The one fun thing about um, DS Cute was in the Japanese version, there was not only a marriage system, there was a best friend system, which is good because if you look at pictures of all the eligible bachelors, they're freaking fugly. Other than like, there's there's the one thief and he's cute, um, but he's sort of like a special bachelor. Um, mm-hmm. But most of them, it was like they designed they obviously whoever designed Harvest Moon DS wasn't thinking that there would be a girl version someday and. The bachelors just don't look like marriageable bachelors. They're they're pretty gross. Wow. Um, 
So they also have a best friend system, so you can just have a quote-unquote best friend, um, one of the girls, if you like her a lot. She'll move in with you instead and be your best friend. Um, this was unfortunately cut from the U.S. version because sometimes people in the U.S. are a bunch of freaking homophobes. Um, so. Man, I wanted my FWB. I know, and if you read the Fogo.com's forums, like, people always want to have same-sex relationships in Harvest Moon, so I'm like, poop on them. They should have left it in. But, uh, yeah, but it was it was a fun little sideline of the series. I think that's the only one where they have a best friend system. I want Are a you? best friend. <laughs> After dealing with a lack of best friends and all the bugs, this caused me a lot of stress, and I needed some tranquility. Which brings us to Harvest Moon Tree of Tranquility for the Wii. Uh, this was also developed by Marvelous uh, Interactive and published by Natsume here in North America. Released on in North America on September 30, 2008 on the Wii. And of course, this is rated E for everybody because all the Harvest Moon games are full of natural family goodness. That's why we're not allowed to have those relationships you just spoke of. That's how we keep our E rating. So, <laughs> who has played Tree of Tranquility? So now we're we're really getting to some recent stuff here because I mean, we're only talking a couple of years ago. Yep, I have played Tree of Tranquility. Is it really tranquil, Becky, or did it cause you some stress? No, actually, it's a very good game. Um, it's probably one of the more user-friendly um, Harvest Moons out there, so it's a good place for someone to start in the series. Uh, it actually does start with um, a week-long tutorial, kind of like... Um, oh, okay. Um, kind of like uh, Anna was saying about Innocent Life. So you get to town, and um, I think oh, the, the start of the story is you get shipwrecked on this island. Um, so you're stuck there, and the mayor kind of picks you up and hands you over to this farming family, and they take care of you for a couple weeks in return for you helping with the chores. And that's basically how the game teaches you some of the basics of farming, and then you get your plot, and you get to choose between a few different plots in town, um, and you farm on them. I added a few new things, um, although I think this may have been around in some of the handheld ones too, but you can befriend wild animals around the town, which is pretty fun. Um, and there Ducky. is a little bit of, yep. Although it takes for freaking ever to raise heart levels, especially of animals. So, um, it can be kind of annoying. Um, the game also doesn't pause time anywhere. Usually in Harvest Moon games, um, time stops when you go inside of a building. But um, in Tree of Tranquility, it only stops when you're inside your own home. So if you go in a shop or in your barn or any place else, it keeps going. Um, so it leads to you not always having as much time as you would like to do things. But to compensate for that, you make a little bit more money off of things than you do in some other games. So if you go into the mine, you can make some pretty darn good money out of a day's mining, even if you can't mine a whole lot. Um, it also has... Sort of the start of adding a lot more RPG elements into everything in Harvest Moon. This whole generation, I don't know about DS and DS Cute, but I think the Sunshine Islands and stuff have it too. Um, just about everything is a skill that you raise up. Um, and they keep adding more and more skills that you can raise up as you go along. So um, you have to raise your skill with all of your tools as well as your farming skill and various other skills. Um, those are all tracked in the menus. Um, it's also one... The 
um, social interactions are pretty good, although they get better, even better in Animal, animal Parade. Uh, did anyone else play this? Anna, did you play any of these? I played them at E3. <laughs> so I got the sort of demo version, and I didn't get a chance to play the full version mm. of the games yet. It's sort of one of those things that I need to do it, and I'm going to do it. It's just a matter of when I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, the only problem with... Um, um, Tree of Tranquility introduced the possibility of using Wii controls. Luckily, you don't have to because they're really bad. Um, so you can swing your Wiimote like a hoe or like an axe or whatever to do your farming chores. But you can also get a repetitive stress injury from doing that because there's a lot of tool use in Harvest Moon. So um, luckily, you didn't have to for your farm chores. However, the festivals, um, which feature mini games in a number of the Harvest Moon series, um, feature really, really bad Wii mini games with with inaccurate waggle, and they're frustrating. Um, so, luckily, they're not necessary for anything. You don't have to play them, and I don't think you get anything for doing well at them. So you can just ignore them. Um, I, I can just see there. that now as a sailing point on the back of the boss. Parents, finally make your kids work out as if they're working on a real farm by waggling their Wiimote. <laughs> you know, every time they water or sow the ground, just waggle that Wiimote. Well, I played the living poop out of uh, Dragon Quest Swords, so I would probably do the waggle. I, I, you know what, Anna, I have too. And let me tell you, boy, I, I, every time I play that game, I can't run it for more than an hour or so before my arm flies off. Are you kidding me? Haven't you seen my review for Dragon Quest Swords? Oh, I missed that. I gotta look that up. Uh, hang on. One I only second. got I so go. far in that game before I couldn't handle the waggle anymore. The waggle. The but waggle. Anyway, now, if you watch the Japanese commercials for Harvest Moon um, Tree of Peace, I think it is in Japanese, um, you'll see an adorable little Japanese girl with moving the Wiimote like a hoe and looking really excited about it. But most people are like, no, it's actually really <laughs> tedious. Um, but they, they were nice and they didn't make you do it. Um, might as well just move on to Animal Farm. Uh, or Animal Parade if you want to move in, because it has the same cast. Okay, let's move into Animal Parade. Uh, we're talking about Harvest Moon Animal Parade for the Nintendo Wii, and this is also developed by Marvelous uh, Interactive. Um, this is published by Natsume here in North America, released November 12, 2009, so we're talking less than a year and a half ago, and rated E for everybody. So talk about that just a teeny tiny bit. Um, and just a little, little asterisk before you start talking about that, actually. Let me just mention that Victor Interactive is marvelous. So for those people who are keeping notes, they are the same. So go ahead. Um, so Animal Parade is basically Harvest Moon Tree of Tranquility Plus. Um, it has basically the same cast. A few people are different. Um, but And it takes place in two different lands with two different kind of wishy-washy storylines um there are quests and storylines in the game um but they basically just sort of guide you into doing certain tasks um you have to create recipes in both of the games i think no you create recipes mostly in tree of tranquility the harvest sprites get you to create recipes by creating recipes basically you collect things for them and turn them into them and that opens up new islands and new things to do um and new locations in the game. Both games you do specific tasks to open new locations, and that's pretty cool. So they both have sort of a progression, um, but you can do it or you, after a certain point, you don't have to do it anymore because you've opened everything up. Um, uh, Animal Parade is the better game in many ways. Um, it 
there's more animals to befriend, sort of farm animals to be pets, and you can teach them tricks now. So there's actually a point to have the pets other than have them cute in your house. You can teach them tricks, and they can go on walks for you, and they find things for you. So that's pretty cool. They made it much easier to befriend the animals and made townspeople um, also go up in their affection level more. Um, they also made time pause in the buildings again, which is nice. Um, the only problem I found with the Animal Parade is that the days are really freaking long. <laughs> And there's a lot of travel time until you open up. Um, the animal parade part is there's a circus that comes to town and some of the animals run away and you have to make certain recipes to um, bring the animals home. And once you bring the animals home, then they act as sort of a travel shortcut for you and they'll take you around to different places. But until you do that, and it takes a while to be able to do that, um, you spend a lot of time running or riding your farm animals around. Fun part is you can ride several of your farmer animals, including the sheep. Um, and the animation for riding the sheep is really pretty funny. Um, but overall, like both of them are really good Harvest Moon games. I just don't want to talk too long because I'm the only one who's, who's played them. Um, but the social interactions are also quite good. There's a lot of little events that happen as you raise your, um, your uh, affection level with the various townspeople. And Animal Parade in particular um, has a pretty good courtship system. Like the little events are pretty cool and they're actually sort of interactive. You can um, answer the guys. And so I, I was choosing between two guys in this one and one of them was kind of grumpy and I went out on a date with him and he was not really focused on me at all. He was just sort of focused on whether he liked the food at the picnic. And I got the chance to sort of turn him down and be like, nah, I don't really like you anymore. And I ended up going with the other guy. So that was kind of cool. Um, they, they give you sort of choices in, in how you answer some of the situations in the dating scenes. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does anything else you guys want to know about these? Ducky, tell people about how you proposed to Owen, because it was really funny. I don't remember. <laughs> I know he's... He does the little dance, and he's like, I love oh, yeah. you! <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy that I ended up marrying in... Um, I married two different guys, even though it's the same cast. I married Calvin, the archaeolog- archaeologist who looks creepily like Matthew McConaughey um, <laughs> in, the, in um, Tree of Tranquility. And then he had a slightly different personality that wasn't as likable in um, Animal Parade. So I, I ended up marrying Owen the blacksmith, who has the dorkiest little um, excited animation ever. He sort of waves his arms, and it's really dorky looking. And, and when, yeah, Sam was happened to be over when he proposed, and, and he just got all shy. And then he's like, I love you. Can you marry me? And then you say yes, and he does like a little happy dance. Oh, it's, it's Can pretty I adorable. interject for a second? In the previous sure. Harvest Moon titles, Owen has been an old man. Did you marry your grandpa? No, Owen is a strapping young lad who um, oh, has a okay. grandfather who's oh. a blacksmith. Oh, I see. Normally, Owen is the grandpa. Oh, no, no, no. Owen in this game, he's like he's sort of like the big brother figure. Like he's a, he, he treats everybody sort of like he's the big brother. He's very protective of people. But his idol <laughs> animation is also he lifts barbells. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, they all have different idol animations. Some of them play musical instruments. Some of them lift barbells. So it's kind of cool. It gives them a little bit of personality. Oh, Owen's adorable. He made me laugh. Just watching Becky play, I'm like, he does the stupidest dance. You're just like, oh, he's <laughs> <so> special. <laughs> But he was the sweetest one, and he he was all about you when you were dating him. So, boys, here's the dating tip. If you're dating the girl and you go out on a picnic, don't talk about whether or not the food sucks. Ask her questions about herself. It will win her heart. 
Also, I got to play as the second Wiimote, and you could molest the villagers. Oh, I totally forgot about the villager molestation game. Yes. <laughs> in Animal Parade, I don't think this was in Tree Tranquility, but in Animal Parade, there's a completely superfluous, there's that word again, um, second player option where they can wave the Wiimote around and it's a little heart. And if you move it up and down over the villagers, they get really happy and their heart rate, um, their affection rate raises more rapidly. And that's actually the best way. Rope the villagers. Yes, you molest the villagers. Oh, so uh, I need to go buy this game. I'll, I'll be back later, guys. As as I was busy molesting the village priest with the second Wiimote, because there's no way in heck I'm going to get my husband to sit there with the Wiimote. So you just have two Wiimotes in front of you and pick up the other one to help uh, raise their yes. affection letters. I, I need you to touch this guy for me. Yeah, you yes. just rub up and down, mm-hmm, just like that. Oh, then you do that really well. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. So I'm running that over the village priest, and my husband made a rude remark about how it should be the other way around <laughs> oh my <laughs> i told you i have a harvest moon heckler <laughs> so uh yeah so the, <laughs> so the villager molestation game is a very very special part of animal parade <laughs> but wait there's more from what i understand and correct me if i'm wrong but this seems to be the first harvest moon game that not um that you, uh, of course, there's some other Harvest Moon games where you can get married and have children, but this is the first one where your spouse and your children can help you on the farm? Yes, they do. I haven't gotten that far yet because I kind of um, dropped Woo-hoo! it. The days I'm so tired so of my long. spouse being a useless turkey. Yes. Yes, they are. Especially no. in some of the games, like you get married and then your wife, all she does is hang around the house all day. Even if she had a job before, Co-breeze. now she just Hunters hangs around the house. She gets up uh, before I do. Bed after I do. She's yeah. mad with those heart moon sprites. And she doesn't even have the temerity to cook me a nice dinner. I have to do all the cooking, too. Mm. No longer do you have to slave on the farm all day while your wife sits there and does nothing. No, now she has to help you and the children, too. Yep, so yeah, your, your kid can help you and. I guess eventually in Animal Parade, there's a quest where you can get a travel knapsack for your kid, and then you have the choice of continuing the game you're playing, or you can restart the game as supposedly your kid, except for the kid looks exactly like the character that you were playing before. <laughs> and and this is a far jump from, let's say, as uh, Nathan mentioned before in, in this Nintendo 64 version, uh, where uh, one of the wives may have a 33% chance of feeding your chickens for you. <laughs> this but is where those were actually... hidden values, and I don't think every wife had an ability, mm-hmm. did she? I don't think they did. No, I think you're right. And so here, though, they actually have a purpose, as long as, as well as your children. Yep, and your children, depending on who you marry, your children have different things that they're better at. So I married Owen, so my kid will be good at helping with mining because he's a blacksmith. Stuff like that. Hey, that's a good reason. That's cool. Go. Yeah, that's usually the old noggin. So I can send my kid off to the mines to get hit by all the poison gas. Yeah, the mining minigame is particularly exciting in these games because um, frequently when you hit the rocks, different colors of gas will come out of the rocks and some of the gas is good and some of the gas is bad and some of the gas is really bad so um, one of the gases confuses you so that your um, controller doesn't work the way it's supposed to and you run in circles and then you fall down a hole um, but it doesn't persist between levels so you can, if you can get to another level after you hit the bad gas then you can get rid of the gas effect hmm. but it makes mining sort of a fun little mini game 
and and you learn to run away from the gas. Wow. So it sounds like with uh, sounds like with Harvest Moon Animal Parade, there's a lot to be happy about. Yeah, other than the days being a little too long, it gets a little dragged out. Um, I, Animal Parade is really good. It's definitely an improvement in many ways over um, Tree of Tranquility. But Tree of Tranquility is also a good game, and it's one that I would recommend more. If someone hasn't tried um, Harvest Moon before, I would start with Tree of Tranquility because it's zippier and um, it's a little more simple. Whereas Animal Parade is really good for the Harvest Moon veteran who really wants to get into making like 35 different kinds of crops. You can also mill your crops, and depending on how windy it is or how not windy it is, you get better um, results from milling things. So it, it has you can get a lot more deep into the systems of uh, Animal Parade, um, but Tree of Tranquility is nicer for beginners, I think. So with all this great, happy, joyful vibes going on from talking about these last couple of games... I have to ask you, Becky, yes. do you feel like an island of happiness right now? <laughs> Harvest Moon, island of happiness for the DS, developed by Marvelous Interactive, uh, published by Natsume, distributed by Ubisoft. This is a Nintendo DS uh, simulation RPG experience, rated E for everybody, and released in North America on August 26, 2008. So it's a little bit before uh, it's a little bit before Animal Parade. The question is, is it good or not? Sam, who is live on the field, she's currently digging up rocks and stones and 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 logs so uh, she's experiencing island of happiness she's she is on the island somewhere planting a farm sam how is it to be on the island of happiness island of happiness does not make me happy at all but you're out there you're on an island you've got cows you've got horses how can that not be happy because the touchscreen controls are bullcrap they're horrible and they're really awful and they're mandatory to use. Oh my gosh, mandatory touchscreen controls. Need we say more? It's just so sloppily into implemented. I mean, there's nothing more irritating than having to use your stylus to poke at putting down your seeds and oh. watering your crops. You make more mistakes because sometimes the touchscreen's not going to register the spot you're poking at. Um, that part's been really, really annoying, and I'm not having fun with the touchscreen only controls. I do like the concept of it, which is that, you know, you wash up on a deserted island, you meet some villagers, and you're trying to make the island, like, a place that people would want to move to. So as you upgrade your home, um, your tools, uh, and you restore different areas on the island, more people will actually come and move in. So Mm -hmm. it's really great in that regard. Like, I'm having a lot of fun. I've got about 20% of my island complete at the moment because I've only just started playing it. Ada bought it for me because we actually found it somewhere. And uh, I don't know. Like The villagers are really cute and they carry over when you play Sunshine Island, which is the uh, like, better game of the two. You know, I, I mean, I mean, this is all great and dandy, Sam, and you're, selling, you're saying a lot of great things. But the problem is you start off by saying mandatory touchscreen controls. Yeah. And when you say mandatory touchscreen controls on something like a Harvest Moon game, which requires precision control, um, that's like bringing a bunch of rain clouds into an otherwise sunshiny day. 
So funny that you should say rain clouds because um, Sunshine Islands and Islands of Happiness, which we're probably about to talk about, um, have a really bizarre weather-based crop system where you get certain amounts of sun points on sunny days and rain points on rainy days, and your crops will grow faster or slower depending on how many points you have, and you have to make a flow chart and a spreadsheet if you really want to make things grow, especially trees. Trees are really a pain in the butt because you have to make sure they get enough sun and enough water or they'll die. And yeah, it's really complicated and kind of annoying. Well, Becky, to grow trees, as you just say, you need a lot of sunshine. So let's talk about Harvest Moon DS Sunshine Islands. This is developed by Marvelous Interactive, published again by Natsume, Nintendo DS, Released on November 10th, 2009, rated E for everybody. And I don't mean to kind of breeze by uh, the previous game in the series that we just talked about. But it's just that the Island of Happiness doesn't sound like it's very happy. Mandatory touchscreen controls doesn't make me happy. I don't know if anybody who has a DS who is super excited about a game that makes touchscreen mandatory, especially for an RPG, uh, action RPG experience, which is what the Harvest Moon D- you know, series is. So hopefully Sunshine can bring some more sunshine in my life. Ada, help me out here. Is Harvest Moon DS Sunshine Islands a more fun experience? I loved Sunshine Islands. I mean... One of the one of the ways you can find out the weather is by asking Taro, whose trick knee will tell you if it's going to snow. And there are some nice bachelorettes as well. I I played as a guy, and I went for the very shy, meek girl called Sabrina, and her father looked like a vampire, and. As you can see, I, I definitely made up my own plot for the story. Yeah, plot is totally irrelevant in most Harvest Moon games. First of all, do I have to use touchscreen con- controls in Sunshine Islands? Um, it's, it's optional. Okay, optional is good. Throw away the stylus, use the controllers. That's awesome. I think that's a big reason why they put out Sunshine Islands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the, the mandatory texturing controls were not popular. I imagine not. So, so with that being said, is is Sunshine Islands with aside from the fact that you don't have to use the texturing controls, how much does it have in relation to Islands of Happiness? Since they both have islands in their title. Um, the aim of the game is mostly to. Look under bushes and ask, uh, do give gifts to people and talk to people, and they will give you sunstones, which will eventually raise islands. And you will have a shiny, happy experience if you raise like the useful islands, like you have fruit island and rice island and animal island. Although animal island was rubbish, rice island was rubbish. But if you but there is a volcano island, and there's a lot of good stuff there that, that really gets some cash going. And you will have a happy sunshine experience if you go for the volcano island first. I, I, I like mining. I'm the miner in Harvest Moon. I do that a lot. <laughs> so would you say, um, Ada, in, in comparing Sunshine Islands with the other Harvest Moon games, 
is it comparable? I mean, you talk about a lot of exploration and having to find, you know, X, Y, Z. But a lot of people that I know enjoy the Harvest Moon series because they could build a farm, eventually use uh, the profits that they make uh, or the food that they make or whatever have you to woo over uh, a member of the opposite sex so they can get married, have children, and kind of – it's almost got that Sims aspect to it. Does this game also have that? Yeah, but the main problem I actually had with this game is – it's probably a similar problem that a lot of people have with Harvest Moon games is finding what people like because you want everyone on the island to be your friend because they will give you sunstones but the problem is sometimes you give people like squid and they don't like squid and one of the things that really bugged me about this game actually was the mini games which involved the pets and um, you got a cat a dog and a horse and the horse mini game <laughs> involved shouting into the microphone oh and if you're sitting on the bus or on the train as I like to play my farm sim- sims on those if you're sitting on the train shouting go horsey go it worries people. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what a really easy way to get around that is? And I found it out. It's so cheap. Blow on the microphone. I, I tried that even, one as well. You can tap on it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it looks a lot less retarded than yelling, Go, horsey! <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Yelling the cat the... minigame also sucked. I think... Cat? There was a... A cat mini game where you had to wave a feathery stick or something very slowly, and the cat would very, very slowly come to you. And there was no way you were going to win in the competition. It was impossible. Wow. <laughs> I think the cat mini game should be where you give commands to the cat, and then the cat fails to follow them. That would be uh, more true to life. Right. So you're saying that this particular um, game here on the Nintendo DS had a larger focus on the minigame aspect. I mean, in the Harvest Moon series, there were certainly some minigames going on there as you uh, you had the dog contest and whatever have you. But they always seemed to me, from the ones I played, they always seemed to be in the background. Something you could do, maybe earn a little extra something or whatnot, but it wasn't mandatory. But it sounds like they're more at the forefront here. Is that true? Definitely, because you have to be friends with all your pets, because they'll find a sunstone for you, which obviously means you can raise more islands. And the more you play with them and pet them and love them as you should do, you will get your sunstones. And that that's kind of what the drawback was. You know, I'd rather just find them behind bushes. It was easier. Dang. Thing. Okay. Well, I don't know. That just, again, that just sounds a little too much over the top for what I expect from a Harvest Moon experience. I, I don't know. What do you think, Beck? Meanwhile, well, I, I only, I didn't get to play Islands of Happiness because, or sorry, uh, Sunshine Islands because Islands of Happiness was not happy for me, so I didn't bother with this one. 
I know. I'm just kind of comparing it to what I know and have heard yeah. from other, you know, Harvest Moon I, games. Since a little I prefer too much. to keep the mini games in Harvest Moon to a minimum because they're not always very good at designing them. <laughs> like I there's know. a there's a racing game in um, in the Wii games. I forget which one, and I think it's Animal Parade. And I I just tend to stay away from it because <laughs> it's not very fun. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Sorry, my mic was muted. I'm not used to Scott's microphone. Anyways, um. Sunshine Islands. Mini games were horrible. I think I pointed that out in my review about how much I absolutely hated doing them. On the other hand, the social interactions in that game were really fun to do. Mostly because, like Ada said, you, you get the different sunstones by befriending different people. But also if you befriend a whole family, you could get sunstones. So it was really important to not only just talk to the one person but also engage with their families so that way you could get sunstones and also just so that way you could get more people to come to your island so you I, have I really to make like friends with you have to make friends with the little brats yes you have to make friends with the little brats I'm outie yeah well you know what they're not so bad the little kids in this one like I don't know they never really bothered me that much um, mostly because like I don't know. It's just, they never bothered me. I just also kind of love that this one has, like, uh, token ethnic families. (laughs) So you have, like, Chen and his son, Charlie. (laughs) Single dad, small child. You had Ganon, who I don't know what he was supposed to be. I think he was an ogre. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, they had all these different families, and they all had different backgrounds. So it was kind of nice to see also Harvest Moon playing with different backgrounds. Like, because you also had Sabrina, who was a rich girl. Which one? Oh, Denny. Denny, who was the, uh, yeah. the little Denny, black the fisherman. Token Polynesian. The Polynesian, yeah. I don't know and what didn't the rich girl have a maid? Yes. I believe she had a maid. I well, still don't know what the maid's name. One of the things Sam and I were talking about the whole Harvest Moon series is that there's a lot of families in Harvest Moon that are like single parent families. I'm not quite sure what's up with the, with the family units in these games. Yeah, it's almost always like single parent. Very seldom do you see a family that's like a mommy and a daddy. Like the closest you have in Sunshine Island is Taro's family because there's Taro the grandfather, Natalie the granddaughter, Elliot the grandson, and then Felicia's the mother of Elliot and uh, Natalie. So like that's the closest you have in this game to a full family. The Wii versions have several complete families, but yeah, a lot of the other games, it's just like, oh, it's a mom and her daughter, and then there's a dad and his son, and that's like, okay, <laughs> I guess I guess everyone had some really tragic pasts. It's it's just a very strange thing about it. I, I don't know. Like, you also have, like, characters like Shay, who, I don't know what he's supposed to be exactly. Like, he's token Islander slash Tarzan. Oh, yeah. And, like, with, with his dad, who speaks in third person. And where you have like uh, Lily, who is token Chinese girl. <laughs> She's supposed to be like the Asian girl, even though like Ada was like, "No, Sabrina's the Asian girl." And we, we had this discussion for a while when she was obsessively playing Sunshine Islands, just because we weren't quite sure what the whole ethnic goal was of the game. <laughs> but it kind of makes me love it just a little more. I mean. I don't know who else played it. I know Ada married Sabrina, but I spent my whole game. I also played as a boy named Rad, because like I, I I gave everybody like bad fifties and sixties slang for their names, because I'm a horrible person. But um, I spent my whole game courting Julia because she wore a tube top. 
<laughs> oh, that was the tube top girl game. I courted Denny, the Polynesian fisherman, when in my uh, sunshine or islands of happiness, whatever. Yeah, one I'm of the thinking, island games. I'm, I'm thinking of jumping ship to Denny and Island of Happiness, mostly because for some reason I have two hearts with Elliot, and I still haven't gotten a purple heart event, <laughs> and I'm wondering why. <laughs> I should have gotten. Probably one by now. you probably have to go to some obscure location. Yeah, I'm looking for said obscure location, but Fogu is not really helping me on this one. Oh no, Fogu failed. I know. I'm I'm sad. I don't think we've. I don't know if we've ever explained Fogu. Anyone who's playing Harvest Moon, a really great resource, especially if you're playing a portable game, is um, www.fogu.com/hm. That's Fogu, and it's it's one of the better Harvest Moon website resources and is almost necessary for playing some of the older games where they don't like to tell you what gifts people like and things like that. Yeah. That's a big problem with Island of Happiness. Yeah. See, the, the, the fun part used to be in learning what someone liked is you had to give it to them and then they'd tell you whether or not they liked it. And then once you got really friendly with them, they would actually give you a pretty definitive list, but you'd have to give them stuff. For them to tell you what they liked. For you to yeah. find out what they liked. <laughs> and and there's so many items in Harvest Moon games that it's really kind of a tedious process of elimination. So it's a lot easier just to look it up in a fact if you don't feel like going through that tedious process with 16 villagers in town. Yes. Uh, many nightmares I spent with Sunshine Islands trying to figure out what uh, Julia liked. And I was I like, oh, she's easy. Well, then, well, it's once I figured out, you know, hey, I'll just go to Fogu the whole time. I realized that Julia liked milk and eggs. And I realized, <laughs> wow, that's really easy. Whereas, yeah. you know, Ada had to spend time with Sabrina and she'd have to get, like, the best kind of jewels to make her happy. So, I mean, each bachelorette had something kind of interesting about them in terms of what they liked. But Julia was just... I think the easiest of all of them. She was sort of like the one that you could give trash to, and for some reason she liked it. I don't know. She was just the easy button, let's put it that way. <laughs> now, you've, now you've made dirty thoughts go through my head. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> she Phil, was rescue us from the easy button. <laughs> <laughs> I think Phil died. I he died because of too much Harvest Moon. <laughs> Unless he, like, ran to the bathroom. <laughs> no, I, I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> I just... Wow. You know... Wow. It's midnight, and we're getting punchy on Harvest Moon. It is midnight, and we're getting punchy on Harvest Moon, but... But There's only can, one left. We can do this. There's just one left. After all this talking, all we want to do is go out and shop at a bazaar. I was going to say, has anyone else played this one at all before I rip into it? Cause we know it's your favorite of... Harvest Moon, Nix. It is absolutely her favorite Harvest Moon because this is Harvest Moon DS Grand Bazaar developed again by Marvelous Interactive published by Nice <laughs> here in North America. This was released on August 24, 2010. So the Room Factory series well on its way. The question is, can this game, which received an E for everyone, 
hold up against its own competition in the Refactory series? Uh... Well, let's put it this way. When you have Grand Bazaar that came out this year and Rune Factory 3 come out this year, let's put it this way. I scored Grand Bazaar a 2 out of 5, and Rune Factory 3 a 4 out of 5. You tell me which one I want to play. Uh, Grand Bazaar? No, definitely Rune Factory 3. Wow, that's that's a huge difference in scores. Why? Grand Bazaar, okay, here's the thing. It has a lot of promise. And it has a really, really great gimmick. The bizarre gimmick is amazing. You can waste so many Sundays just, you know, banging out buck after buck just from all the different items that you can sell. The problem is the actual pacing to get to the bizarre days, because you'd have to waste all six days prior to prep for the bizarre. Wait, but wait. If you don't so have- the bizarre is basically it sounds like it's a place where I mean most most Harvest Moon games you. You cultivate a farm. You get the little vegetables or whatever have you from planting the seeds. In the games that I play, you dump them in a bucket and some guy comes around once in a while and buys them from you. But the bazaar sounds like a place where I can sell them? Yes, that's the idea. It's you grow your own crops and um, you um, can sell them at the bazaar. Now, there's a couple weird things about this game. One thing is there's no mining. Mining is completely gone. Uh, and the only way to find gems is to jump in a lake. Uh-huh. You can actually jump in this Harvest Moon game. Nice. Jumping is stupid in this game because it's really just allowing you to shortcut, shortcut quickly from place to place. And it allows you to jump into rivers and randomly get items if you are lucky enough to get snagged on something. So mm-hmm. the fact that mining's gone, that takes out one source of income for anyone who wants to make a lot of cash. Since the object of Grand Bazaar is to uh, revitalize the, the Wind Bazaar by, you know, making it the best bazaar in the world, uh, taking out one of your biggest sources of income really, really kills the pace of this game. The fact that you can't go and mine is kind of problematic because pretty much you're wasting your time making farming your crops and hoping that you have the best quality on your crops. This game shares a similarity to... Um, a wonderful life in that it has the same quality system so you have to plant your seeds one at a time right plus put mm-hmm. the fertilizer on top and then they're all graded so whenever you oh. pull a new crop out um, based on your grade also determines how much money you're going to get at the bazaar for it now if your crops grow on the first day of the week let's say by the end of the week you're down to a quality level C which means they sell for next to nothing oh, that sounds so, crappy you have to be very calculating about when you plant your crops and when you harvest them. It's a pain in the ass when something like this happens, mostly because you're down a profit when you go into the bazaar if your quality level is moved down to a C or a D. So you can't so, make as much money. Sounds like you're trying to make it too complicated. That's part of the problem. Is uh, I think with the quality system being in place, it really doesn't help the player who wants to make a lot of money and progress the story. Progressing the story in this game is very hard because the only way to do it is to beat the weekly goal for your for the bazaar. So every week at the bazaar they have a goal that they have to meet. If they don't meet the goal, the plot does not advance. Uh-huh. And it's really really hard at the beginning of that game to get the plot to advance. Like it probably will take you about two two seasons 
before you'll be able to progress the plot because you you just don't have items that are worth the amount of money each week. Mm-hmm. Now, one way to avoid this, of course, is by opening up, there's these windmills. And you put items into the windmill to create new items. So there's an item creation aspect, which is really useful. And it'll allow you to like create better items. So for example, if you put tea leaves inside of a, a windmill, it'll create green tea. Well, green tea fetches at a higher price than, let's say, just a regular tea that you put in. So you want to make better items by using the windmills, which is, is, is actually really nice. Like, I actually like the windmill system a lot. But, you know, one thing I, I didn't really like was the fact that, um, for the most part, you're very limited to how much you can carry in your storage. And also, I the bachelors are really, really awful in this game. Like... I had the hardest time, because I played as a girl this time, named Mushy. I named her Mushy. I don't know why I named her Mushy, but she's Mushy. And I, I spent a good couple weeks when Max sent me the game just trying to figure out who I wanted to marry. And in the end, I married Lloyd. Big mistake, because Lloyd, like, pretty much after you marry somebody, you, they will go to work at the bazaar. You don't get a discount on their items. So you can't make better items. You still have to pay full price. <laughs> Even nice. though you're married to them. So it's really terrible, like, because Lloyd sells some of the best minerals. You're in my the game. spouse, you jerk. Cut me like, 10%. No, pretty much. fine. You can sleep on the floor. <laughs> Seriously. I think I wanted to banish Lloyd to the floor many a times just because, like, he'll have things like Ori Halcon and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I need that to make a better accessory. And you know what? It costs like 10,000 gold. I was like, cut me some slack here. We're married. <laughs> and it's like, nope. You gotta pay attention to gold. At least they're not fugly like the ones in Harvest Moon DS. No, you know what? Admittedly, they are really cute looking. It's just... It goes back to the problem of them having very limited things to say, which, funny enough, in Sunshine Islands, I did, that didn't bother me as much. In this one, it really bothered me because every day I went to go see Lloyd, I'd be like, here, Lloyd, here's a new frog for your collection. He'd just be like, thanks. And then he'd walk away from me. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, what is this? You're playing hard to get, and you're not even that good looking. <laughs> I even lowballed myself for this game, and I still managed to pick the dud. I was very sad. Also, the uh, the festivals in this game are really crappy. Like, one thing I liked about Sunshine Island was the fact that most of the festivals were very interactive. So, festival time was really exciting. You go, you know, you could play, like, a mini game where your chickens race, or, um, you know, you do something with your cows. In this game, they're very static. Like, one of the festivals is you have a tea party, and you have to bring the tea, and that's it. Like, there's nothing interactive about it. And that was a really disappointing feature for the game. Because part of the festival is to give more interactivity to what's going on. Like, another one of the festivals was a flower festival where you have a whole week to give flowers to everybody in town. Whoop-dee-doo. Like, it was horrible compared to, like, especially compared to Sunshine Island, where the festivals were very interactive and, and really forced you to play along with the mechanics. Whereas this was just, here, go hand a flower to somebody. They like you now. Yeah, a lot of the the excuse me, the festivals have been getting lamer in the more recent in a lot of the more recent games. Like the that was one thing the Wii games other than the crappy waggle mini games in um 
in uh, Trio Tranquility, they they weren't really all that interactive either in in the Wii in the Wii games. There were like stalls where you could buy stuff, but that was about it. So they used to have like some some half decent interactive stuff, but they seem to be cutting back on that lately. Yeah, I just this game really felt like it didn't try in terms of how the festivals work. You know what's really funny? I found since Marvelous merged into Atlas, the mini game quality is kind of gone to the pooch. Oh yeah, it's poopy. <sighs> Makes me sad. Thumbs down, Atlas. I just, I don't know. Grand Bazaar is not one that I can le- easily recommend to people. Like, when I say play the DS ones, I generally say go play Sunshine Island. Mostly because it's probably the most complete experience you'll have on the DS. It also has a more fun mechanic about it with the whole collecting of the sunstones. Better villagers. Most of Grand Bazaar gets pretty stale. Like, the only thing that's exciting about it is doing the actual bazaar every week. I would still say this generation, go with the Wii games. I think they're the better games overall. Like, I'm sad. I don't have a Wii, so I can't say who on the Wii games, but I got to play a little bit of Animal Parade at Becky's house, and even I kind of agree with her. (laughs) Well, that kind of brings us up to our wrap-up. So we've talked about a lot of different Harvest Moon games, and I really think that they bring something to the table. If you've never tried a Harvest Moon game before and you call yourself an RP gamer, you really need to go out and check out these guys. But I'm going to ask each one of you, what what game do you say, if someone's going to jump into the Harvest Moon series, what game should they use to do it with, given the fact that so many games have a lot of these similarities in common? What should be their starting point? Let's start off with Sam. Um, I think if anyone is a newcomer to the series, I think I would totally agree with Becky and say uh, Tree of Tranquility, just for the fact that it's got a very easy-to-use interface. But for someone who is a little bit more advanced, like, of the ones that we've talked about tonight, my personal favorite right now is Sunshine Islands. I had a blast with that. And, uh, I mean, it's another one that's pretty easy to get into for the most part. You don't have to feel like you have to be a Harvest Moon veteran to get into it. For the most part, I mean, it's just finding sunstones. So if you're just, like, addictive collecting collecting, then that's a great game to play. Like, hands down. Anna? Um, if you're brand new to the series, I'd probably say Magical Melody. Um, it's great. It's very goal-oriented. It's got a pretty funny story. Uh, it introduces you to a lot of the staple characters and staple themes that you'll meet throughout the game, but it does it a little bit differently, so you're not going to go into the next game going, oh, it's this again. If you're a little more veteran of a gamer, it's innocent life. It's uh, got a lot more depth to it. It is a lot more difficult than Magical Melody, but the rewards are definitely there. Um, well, of the three I've played, Harvestman 64 wins hands down is the best. It's nice and available, too, on Virtual Console, I believe. So it's nice, simple, kind of has fun enough game mechanics, so it's not a bad start. Yeah, and there are there are people on Fogu who have played all of the games who still like Harvest Moon sixty four the best. So, mm. Miss Becky, um, for me, I think the two Wii games win. Um, Magical Melody, I agree, is is pretty good for someone just starting in the series. Um, I would put Tree of Tranquility just a little bit above that for the fact that it has. Um, a tutorial and it also has slightly more fleshed out characters but both of those games are good for newcomers to the series and for 
veterans who love Harvest Moon, I would say um, if you're a handheld type player, Friends of Mineral Town is still really good. And um, if you like console games, then Animal Parade is a good one to go with. And last but not least, Meseda. Well, I played Sunshine Islands after a 10-year gap in playing Harvest Moon games, and I was young and inexperienced at playing things like It's a Wonderful Life and stuff. So I'd say Sunshine Islands is definitely the way to go if if you're a beginner or you haven't played in a very long time. You know, it, it sucks you in, so I'd definitely go for that one. There you go. So, check it out. Harvest Moon, if you haven't honestly played a Harvest Moon game, you really owe it to yourself to try one of the ones that we just talked about, at the very least. I know there's a lot to pick from, but if you stick with some of the ones that we've talked about today favorably, <laughs> that we talked about favorably, I think you'll find a very, very enjoyable experience that you're just not going to find anywhere else. So, uh, With that being said... We're going to play a little bit of music and wrap things up in just a few moments. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Backtrack. Um, this is our wrap-up, as we like to call it, the last lap. Um, I'm recording this the day after because, as you could tell from listening this long, that uh, we pretty much broke a few records in recording our main event and talking about all those Harvest Moons. So we kind of shut it, shut it down, and figured do the I would do the last lap by myself, which I'm doing right now with y'all um, on the next day. So um, want to take a, a brief moment to thank all of y'all for hanging in here this long and if you continue to listen for just a few more minutes there's going to be a special treat at the end a, a special song that has been uh, requested apparently a couple of times and that i neglected to get into the show fear not i have avenged you and i have added said song to the end of this recording so make sure you hang on until the very end we did have a number of comments on our boards regarding our last uh, podcast, which was number 32, A Whale of a Tale About the Tales Tall Tales. And I'm very encouraged by the number of positive comments we got on our discussion regarding the Tales series, especially uh, given some of our audio hiccups and whatnot. Really appreciate those. Legendary Zoltan, for example, says um, <clears throat> he really enjoyed the podcast. He learned a lot more about the Tales series, and that's what we're here for on Backtrack. Um, we we pool uh, various people from the RP Gamer staff. 
who have thorough knowledge of these games and somebody else wrote on the board that uh, sometimes uh, there's some hiccups in what uh, not hiccups really but there's some mistakes in some of the things that we say this can be true because really for the most part we are pretty much going right off of memory Um, that's um, and when you do a two three hour podcast talking about your favorite games from the past uh, some of those uh, facts sometimes get mixed up Uh, Actually, to be honest with you, I'm surprised uh, continuously by our panel members who have such thorough knowledge about the games they played. Uh, When I play, when I think about some of the games that I've played in the past, I just went to the store, bought it, popped it in, and played it. I never really took the time out to figure out who made it, what year they made it, uh, what was going on at that time, (laughs) Uh, look a bunch of facts to find the super hidden things. I pretty much just played it and tried to beat it, and then it went back on the shelf. So I love hearing about these things right with you guys, and I learn um, a lot about all of these games in hosting this show. Um, Legendary Sotan also wrote, They heard back in the day that the Tales studio is dangerously close to bankruptcy. Even though there's a ten, tons of Tales games, do they not sell well? Uh, gosh, he wish he'd hurry up and bring Vesperia to the PS3. Unfortunately, I don't think, uh, from what I understood from listening to that last show, um, I don't think Vesperia is going to make it to the PS3, which breaks my heart, too, because I have a PS3 and I do not have an Xbox. Um, and I don't intend to get an Xbox. I've already got a PS3 and a Wii and uh, upgraded computer, which gets, ha- you know, we get half of those RPGs on, on Steam anyways uh, that come on the Xbox. Unfortunately, Tales of Vesperia does not seem to be uh, one of those games that will come to either the PS3 or the PC, which is very sad. But we can always maintain hope. In the meantime, I shall comfort myself playing Eternal Sonata on my PS3 and uh, The Last Remnant on my PC. <laughs> Anywho. Um, uh, Koski writes, overall, I enjoyed that discussion. Uh, JC Servant, don't worry about the sound quality. The crackling uh, might have been an issue with the microphone and whatnot, and this is the first sound quality issue since I took over as host. Uh, well, might be the first one you've noticed. <laughs> We've had a few other sound quality issues here and there, but we try to edit those guys out as much as humanly possible so that you can have a pure, unadulterated, and uninterrupted RPG backtrack experience. We really, really love your comments, and you can write on the boards at uh, board.rpgamer.com and uh, let us know what you think. We will have a thread up for this show, so you can comment on the show in particular. Uh, plus, somewhere on the forum, I don't remember exactly where, but uh, you can even do this on the, the, the new show notes. But we're looking for some feedback. We're going to be making some changes uh, to RPG Backtrack. Nothing too radical. Uh, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to move some things around and hopefully make RPG Backtrack more of a podcast that everyone want to listen to. We have received a lot of feedback already. Uh, in response to the call I put out there for people to tell us how we can improve. Uh, Some of those uh, criticisms, well, all of them have been very, very helpful. Some of those critiques and challenges, we're going to be able to uh, use that directly to make some changes, and you'll you'll be seeing that next month. Um, Other ones, we're not going to be able to implement right away, but we're going to continue to discuss it and see what happens. As we implement these changes, we ask that that you give us your feedback again and let us know how you like it because we are working hard to make this a podcast that you want to listen to while you're driving down the road or um, at work or on your exercise around town or wherever you might listen to the RPG Backtrack. 
Um, I can tell you a few a few of the things that we are uh, that we definitely see will be doing. Um, we'll be doing the skits just a little bit less often, and we'll be putting those at the end of the show so that we can we're going to try to get right into the main discussion uh, on these things right away, so you can get right into the game that we're talking about. Um, we're also going to take the PC pit stop and the um, blast from the recent past. We're going to put that into its own show. So we're going to probably be doing three shows a month, uh, two main events. Where in the main events, as as any of our longtime listeners know, we usually pick a, a popular game or game series such as Harvest Moon, and we just spend the whole night discussing it. And if it's really too big, we might split that guy up into two or three shows, uh, like we do with Final Fantasy. I think we we did that one over three, four shows, the Final Fantasy series, um, and uh, so we will have two of those guys a month plus we'll have a third podcast every month that will focus on blast from the recent past games in case you don't know blast from the recent past games that's a segment which will be longer more detailed now where we discuss game rpgs that came out exactly two years ago just in case you missed up some excellent titles or maybe some lesser known titles um two years ago these are usually games that you can get for a really great deal now um, not all of them are good and we'll warn you about the stinkers you might want to stay away from Plus, we'll put the PC Pit Stop with that, and the PC Pit Stop is where we purposely go out of our way to give a PC game, RPG game, uh, some tender love. Because sometimes PC games are just a little underrated and underloved, so they get their own little segment once a month. Um, shouldn't say it's little. The, the segments will definitely be bigger than they have been in the past because those two guys are not going to be put into their own complete show. So we'll have roughly 45 minutes or so to talk on Blast from the Recent Past games and on our PC pit stop. Uh, Mike's Import Corner, we're going to play that one by ear. If it has to do with the main event, we'll keep it in that show, or we might pop it into the third show uh, that we're, we're going to be doing now. So I think that's all I have for now in regards to some of the changes and some of the other changes you're just going to have to wait to listen to to find out what some of those guys are going to be. Um, until then... Uh, I'm going to leave you off with our with our legalis, legalese ending that I'm required to give. Um, RPG um, Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards and email jcservant at rpgamer.com and help shape our future shows. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister show, RPGcast at rpgamer.com. And don't forget, guys, you can record and mail in your two-minute review on any of the games that we're going to be talking about. Heck, you know, we're going to expand this out a little bit and say you can record and mail in any two- to five-minute review on any RPG that is more than two years old. We want to kind of open up the, the floodgates a little bit and give you a podium to talk on. You can record those as MP3s. You can use Audacity. It's a free recording software. Just search for Audacity. It begins with, uh, that's A-U-D, Audacity, A-C-I-T-Y. I don't know. It's Audacity. Um, but that's what I use to record. That's what I'm using to record right now. It's a great, great program. All you need is a microphone Audacity. And take some time to put your thoughts into order and make it good. You can even put some background music uh, if you want to get real fancy with your editing. And save that as an MP3 and mail it to jcservant at rpgamer.com. 
and I would just love, love to get that in the show. Of course, you can always email me with any questions or comments or anything like that. As always, you can follow us at twitter.com slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com slash rpgamer. Mike isn't here to give us his normal, awesomely verbose send-off. Instead, I'm going to leave you with this with this often requested musical remix of our opening music that we like to use here at RPG Backtrack. Make sure you listen to it all, otherwise you'll miss out on the surprise there. Enjoy it, and have a great evening.